I know you're wondering what I'm writing. I'm marking down the time. Okay. Because I don't want to. I don't want to truncate us whistling. Because it'll make it weird. Sounding. And I just want to truncate us. Yeah, whistling. I know. That's I know. That's the problem. That's one of the biggest conflicts we have in this show is our whistle truncating arguments. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby. Why are you looking nervous? <laughs> you look, what are you scared about? You look so what scared. What's going on? It was just the way you what leaned you, in what, the what's microphone. What's happening? <laughs> I'm paying attention. You're okay. getting my full attention. All right. Well, that's good. All right. There we go. That's a change. All right. Good. Yeah, yeah. Normally, <laughs> normally I'm doing my taxes or something else while I'm doing this. So fair enough yeah. on that. Got the word search. Sure. They're like, hmm, did he say something? Yeah. <laughs> Happy Good Friday. Thank you. We're Thank recording you. this on Friday. The goodest of Fridays. Uh, does the Saturday have a name? Easter is Sunday. Does the Saturday have a name in uh, Easter, religious... Easter Vigil. Easter Vigil. So, yes. uh, Good Friday, Vigil Saturday, <laughs> uh, Easter Sunday, Easter Monday? To There's Easter. no Easter Monday. There is no Easter Monday. That is a, that is a government holiday. Ah. Meaning some civil servants wanted two days off. Okay. So they created... I guess because the idea that Easter Sunday is a holiday, so then it should trans yeah, you're not to the Monday because you're holiday, not getting yeah. that. But we get uh, most Canadian companies give Good Friday as the holiday because that is also a church going day. Okay. Sunday is a church going day. Monday is not a church going day. So you don't really need that day off. So are you going to church today? Already did. You already did? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I went this morning. 10 a.m. Good Friday. So last night we had our Monday Thursday service that ends with the. Uh, I can't remember it's called like the something the tenebrae, the shadows or whatever, where the where the the sanctuary is stripped of all its finery. Okay. And everything everything's covered in black. Okay, I don't know anything about this. And the priest. I went through catechism and I have no memory of any <laughs> well, this is a, stripping of sanctuary. This is an Anglican thing. I don't know how if okay. it's a, if it's a Catholic thing as well. It all might right. be. I don't. So know. it's all done with a British accent. It's all done. That's hello, hello, hello. Nice sanctuary you got here. Let's get stripping. <laughs> Shame all right. something happened. Everything yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. What's all this then? Yeah. Someone uh, says he's son of God. He does. <laughs> oh, I'm right. that. And I'm to a cross then. <laughs> Just for safety, yes. put them behind that boulder. We celebrate it by dropping consonants. Hey, so. yeah. Lose the H. Little. Yeah, that's right. That's how it goes. So, yeah. So, that's, so we have, so I guess it's like uh, Thursday is supposed to like be a, I don't know what we call it, like a, like a mirroring of the Last Supper. Okay. And then the washing of the feet. And then the, then it's the stripping of the church, which is the prelude to Good Friday. Then there's the vigil, the church vigil, which I don't know why it's called Easter vigil when there's also a vigil in the church from whenever the service ends at time we started, like eight o'clock or whatever, till 10 in the morning. There's like people stay in the church overnight, like have an hour of prayer. I've never done that because that, I would just fall asleep myself. That's my idea of praying. <laughs> Yep. No, it's understandable. It's happened to me. And uh, so, and then it's Easter Vigil, Mm -hmm. which is like a recounting of God's history of the church. So it starts with like the creation of the world. Wow. And goes all the way to to Christ. Yeah. 
It's, it's excerpts. It I know. Like, I'm just, it's I'm not just like expecting like someone history. who doesn't know like how long this is going to be. What are we covering today? <laughs> and then at the very beginning of the universe. Oh, my gosh. What? Everything? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's a very long service. It's longer than it needs to be. I think it's being shortened tomorrow night to, to an hour. Do you get a bunch of bagats in there? No, there's no bagats. Because okay. I think bagats is only meaningful within the context of the Bible. It's really kind of hard to get too into it okay. when you're... Not. So be gone with the baguettes. Because the baguettes do have like a meaning in the Bible. They do have like a metaphorical or like narrative meaning. Like in the Old Testament one, it's like it links, it links like, um, I can't remember exactly how it links down, but it links er- everyone from like the earliest, you know, like uh, everyone from like uh, Abraham on, they are somehow referenced in that, in that uh Sounds like you're going alphabetically, and it's also references people who were with Abraham, and it wasn't just people who were Israelites. It also references Canaanites, so it kind of brings in the entire region as a genealogy of the Jews, and it's sort of like a message of, hey, you know, like even people you think of as outsiders are actually part of this larger family. Okay, and then the New Testament one is basically like a history of villainy within the Davidic line, and basically it's saying like Christ didn't come out of like this this pristine genealogy but that the family had like you know like some problem problematic members you know who are part of that that lineage that he comes out of it's not like you know so it's just an interesting uh i don't know we call it like a parallel or like a right or some sort of thing this is kind of speaking of people that uh misbehaved uh <laughs> here's a here's a question i have for you that's religion based mm-hmm. what did judas do like i know he got his <laughs> silver right yeah but what did he? What did he do? Like, how did he get the silver? Like, like he, tell he gives the, up Christ's whereabouts to the church authorities. Was Christ in hiding? I guess the idea. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, it's I like, don't really it feels like Christ was a very public figure that mm-hmm. was like out and about, and there's no no <laughs> point where Christ goes, "I'm on the lamb, guys. Yeah. Keep it mum." Yeah, and uh, you know, it's like, how hard was it to find Christ? He always had like a crowd. Mm-hmm. He had like twelve, uh, you know, apostles. Uh, up to a him. point, and then he kind of withdraws in the latter part of the of the New Testament. Okay, but he was hard enough to find that he was worth that amount of silver. Yeah, and it's weird because Judas uh, kisses him. To indicate who he is when when they come to arrest him, right? So they don't know who he is. Yeah, I guess they all kind of looked a bunch of beardy weirdies. They all looked alike. So I guess to the uh, church authorities, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of an odd part of that that narrative. But in this, in if you read the New Testament, there's a p- portion of it where Christ steps back a bit and he sends out the the disciples as his emissaries, and like they're given instructions of how of what they're supposed to say. Right, and which, how they're supposed well, to, I, I get that. But it, it doesn't feel like there's at any point, if I'm remembering right, a point where he's going, I'm hiding. I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm hiding out. You know, anyone asks yeah. where I am, don't, you ain't seen me. Right. You don't know me. We never had this conversation. That's right. Anyway, let's go out to dinner. <laughs> On the second second floor of a, so it, they were kind of in a private room. Were they? Okay. Yeah. So a second floor, no one can see on the second floor. I guess. I'm thinking of a small pub or whatever. Okay. I, I assume in those days when you rented a room, you rented like the upper upper level. All right. It's not like, you can't think of it like now. Yeah, and no one's going like... <laughs> not giant hotels. Well, it's just, okay, so this is my confusion, I guess. So so if Christ was like not yeah. well known enough to, you know, be spotted mm. at dinner or like a, a dinner yeah. or, you know, uh, by the Romans, 
then how did he gather a crowd? When well, it's like and also, I guess also when you think about it, he's come to Jerusalem, which he hadn't been in before. This was like, he comes in, he's feted when he comes into town, right? There's the laying of the palm branches and stuff like that as he rides in on a right. donkey slash young colt. Young yeah, cult. this is my confusion there. It's like, there's yeah. that. And so it's like, okay, but he's keeping a low profile uh-huh. aside from the whole... Yeah, besides coming know, into town. Yeah. And I guess... In a parade. Sure, sure. But it's, it's a big, weird it's, witness But it's a big program. city. It's a big city. There's no telephones. There's no internet. There's no uh, orange alert or amber alerts for the authorities yeah, to find we, Christ. You know, they didn't send out like a message to people's cell phones to keep on the lookout for a bearded guy healing people. But it feels like Christ is... On a donkey. The, where Christ goes, Christ talks mm-hmm. about... Hi, I'm Christ. Yeah, I don't Christ. think I don't think he's doing that in Jerusalem though. I think once again okay. I think he it just was came kind of for a, the meal. He just came for the fulfillment of his of his mission. What was the fulfillment of his mission? His death. So he was okay. Then this is where it gets all confusing. <laughs> but okay, fine. So he knew he was going to die. Yeah. And so uh that's why he's showing up. He's showing yeah. up to die. And then uh and does he tell his apostles this? Yeah, they know that he he's, he's he hasn't given like the details, but he's warned them that he's soon to leave them. Right, and yeah. so they know this, uh, and they believe him. So no, well, they don't believe him. They, or they don't, don't want. Him. They don't want to believe him. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Because uh, Peter says, "No, you, I won't let that happen." That's why he says, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still a little confused as to what Judas's sin is. Like <laughs> his sin, his sin seems to be his sin is betrayal. Yeah, it, how's how's it betrayal? Well, whether people know where he is or not, yeah, you know, like he did. But Jesus he went, did go and I've get come money. here yeah. to die, yeah, and I know this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a believer of Jesus, yeah, and you believe Jesus is telling you the truth, yes, he uh, hasn't said what, that what's going to happen, but yeah, fair enough. But okay. he's like, you know, listen, I'm I'm here, I'm going to die. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, well, the Romans are looking for him. This, Jesus knows this is going to happen. Yeah, so I can't stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. So how is it? It doesn't. It's a weird betrayal. Like to me, like I don't mm-hmm. quite get that. So you feel like Judas, by fulfilling the prophecy, is not betraying Jesus. Yeah, I think uh, Jesus said, "This is what's going to happen." Yeah, you know, so one just, of you will. He said, "One of you will betray me." One of you will betray me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I better do that. Lied. I guess it should be me who does I guess, that. <laughs> you know, I guess I. I guess you know he's not. You know, he knows Judas this. had already betrayed him, but he says that at the last. Oh, meal, okay, though. fair enough. Yeah, so he knows that Judas has already betrayed him. And who's the one who denies him, and then the the cop Peter. Grows? Peter, okay. Founder of the Catholic Church. Right. So Peter's thing is the Romans go, hey, is that Jesus? Or do you know Jesus? And Peter's, nope. It's like, are you sure? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, wait, are you sure? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Cock-a-doodle-doo. And Peter feels bad about this. Yeah. And, and this cries. Is, yeah, that's fine. But like, <laughs> this is where my confusion is like, so Jesus is trying to be on the lamb here or not? No, no, no. This is when Jesus has already been taken. When Peter... Okay. Denies Christ because when Christ gets arrested, uh, all the right. disciples all take off in every uh, madly in all, all, all directions. Right, and then based on the CBC, based on the CBC right, well, Stephen Leacock story actually. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go to the original source, sir. Right, uh, just like we're going with the Bible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, Old Testament, New Testament, Leacock. That's right. That's how it goes. And then, uh, so yeah, so they all now the story of scatter. the guest who would not leave. <laughs> well, that's right. Oh. The story of Jesus, that's the story of Jesus at Martha, Martha and uh, Mary's. But um, so, yeah, they all take off and then they're so then. But like Peter had said, he would never deny Christ. Mm. He said, I'll never, you know, part of his thing is like, hey, you're not going to get nothing's going to happen to you. I'm going to protect you. Everything's going to be great. I'm gonna, I'm your number one fan. And Christ says, no, you're going to deny me three times before the morning comes. He goes, me? 
Right. Oh, I never do that. And was that, and is and that's a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. It's just part of the story. Okay. Like it's part of the story. It's part of his humanity. So he cries. So he cries not because he feels he was a coward. He cries because Christ is is gone. That's why he cries. Why well, I think he he, I think he cries because he realizes that he has he has broken his his vow to Christ and that he that he would not deny him and he did deny him. Right. Okay. Though it's good that he denied him. Otherwise, he would have been killed as well, probably. Yeah, it was in his own best interest. And then he can't. Well, no, not his own best interest. If 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 Jesus has said to him, "You carry on the church," and then you know he goes, "Well, time for me to die." That's no. <laughs> that's no good. Like his, he should sure. he should do what he can to survive yeah. and and go forward. And he's like, actually, he's doing better things for Christ by denying him that he would be by going, yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah. I'm carrying on the church. It's, I'm the guy. It's highly unlikely. Listen, if you don't want this to spread, I'm the guy to stab right now. Within the story itself, it seems highly, I mean, it's, it's, was, it was hard, it was really hard for the church um, leaders or whatever to get Christ in trouble. So it would have been really difficult to get the disciples in trouble with the Romans. So Okay. Like they really had to stretch it. Really had to stretch a point to get so being an apostle of Christ wouldn't get you arrested. No, I don't think so because he wasn't preaching like violent insurrection or anything like that. But it was enough for him to get uh, crucified. Yes, that was more of a What's case the of charge. That's a good point. Like I think it was that he was the the leaders were trying to convince Pilate that Christ was an insurrectionist and was preaching against the power of Rome. Okay, and that would have been the only thing that would have got him crucified by the Romans because all of Christ's other crimes in quotation are are just breaking uh the orthodox jewish law of that time period you know he wasn't wasn't following wasn't Sabbath crucif- laws and stuff crucify like that. level that's not a cruci- no because that was a Ro- roman punishment it wasn't right. a jewish punishment so okay so uh and then he's crucified with the other two and one is a thief is that what the situation two, two of them are thieves they're both thieves yeah so but so uh stealing stuff that's crucifying time yeah. in the roman that's roman right. day yeah pretty harsh <laughs> for swiping stuff that i mean they're not murderers i know but you know. people were still putting you know leaving people to die in gibbets in in the not even just before the victorian era started so i mean we've had horrible punishments for yeah, yeah. for a long time just seems uh it's, have you read les miserables it's a piece of bread it's a loaf of bread he's getting chased all over yeah. for. <laughs> what was it? and then he got caught right he got caught first right or did he get caught I never read Limiser. Limiser. I think he got caught, okay. and then uh, went to jail for a period of time, and his life was ruined. And then he got released, and then some other stuff. I think I tried to read it in now. French, and I kind of I fell apart. Okay, and the, the vocab started to kill me, started to grind me down. It's a thing that happens. Yeah, it was a real pain, and I say that because pain is bread. <laughs> it's a nice French. I got uh, it. English. Joke. I got it. It was good. I know. I'm just here. explaining the joke to people because that sure, makes sure. it funnier. Sure. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. There funny you go, jokes indeed. are funny, no matter what <laughs> language they're in. Yes. Okay. So now we understand that, and then uh, the the uh, so the two thieves and one thief uh, gets on board with Christ. Is like yeah, uh, get, yeah, and the other one eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah okay. He's, he's he's a thief. They're both thieves. They're both thieves. But I just mean he 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 keeps his kind of cranky. Well, his it's, cranky. It's a hard day for him. You yeah, I guess it was that. a hard day. Yeah. It's hard for everyone. What about Saint Simon who got? Had to carry the cross for a while, you know, poor guy. Is that really the hardest thing? That feels like that feels like, that feels like uh, asking a friend to help you move. You know, I know, but he just got he got dragooned by the Romans. Not wasn't asked to do it. He uh, was just ha- passing by, and then he had to carry the cross. Okay, and you're allowed unfair. to do that. Seems kind of unfair just to be sat in the crowd and the Romans come by and like, hey, 
you take this cross for a while. <laughs> Let this guy just walk. Yeah, why was that? that I have no idea. Point. Yeah. I don't know. Why were they like trying to cut Christ a break or were they trying to... The capriciousness of bullies. Okay. Hmm. It almost seems like a nice thing to do. Like, uh, you know, have your friend carry it for a bit. I know. It's weird. After they'd they'd made fun of him and put on a crown of thorns and and taken all his clothes, um, you know, uh, rolled dice to get his clothing. Right. Then to later on go, hey, carry this cross for this this guy we were abusing earlier. Yeah. Yeah, well, odd. There's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Ask all these questions on Sunday when you're there. Yeah, I will. I'll get into it. How's your uh, How's your choiring? Good. We sang last night, which we have never done before. My my time in choir on a Monday Thursday. We sang. Oh, okay. At the end of the service. And was this one of the faux Broadway songs that you're not fine, <laughs> or did you like this? One? It's fine. It's fine. I mean, you know, I'm. It's not my, none of it's spreading the frond. <laughs> none of it's my taste in music, but it's fine. I enjoy singing them. Um, I can't remember what we were called. What were we saying? It was like here in the darkness or something like that. Kind of, which is apt because the church was dark. Because they also uh-huh. turned off the lights. Okay. What's funny is that every year Everyone to symbolize glow in the dark, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it symbolizes the closing of the, I don't know what it symbolizes, but that always crashes, that was a crumble, sim, crumble, a symbol crash. During the service. Oh. and Just to wake people up. <laughs> I, yes, because there were some people who were deep in uh, meditation. Yeah. Deep and in prayer. This one lady, like, she just went, fell out of her seat. <laughs> She's so shocked. <laughs> I just happened to be looking over it every night when the symbol, because I, I, I got to choose someone to look at during the, when I know the symbol crash is coming just to right. see what people are going to do. It's and, not, it's not, cr- it, they don't do it behind the people, right? Like it's in front of people, so people know it's It's off coming. to the side, though, because it's our uh, choir director okay. who does it. So she's kind of obscured by the piano. Okay. And then, then there's a big giant... Like a symbol is jarring. If it you know is a jarring. symbol's coming, especially yeah. in church. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. okay. If you're not expecting it, and you're not, because you're in church, <laughs> not, not in a marching band. <laughs> and then we uh, sang, sang a, a anthem at the end of the service this morning as well. Okay. Which was called Broken Bread. Broken something or other. And broken bread is in that you're sharing it with people, or you broke the bread and now it's useless. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Uh, it's a good thing that's broken bread. Man, I don't even know because it's, it's <laughs> weird. Like you're you're singing the song. Maybe one day I should like read the lyrics, not just sing them. Okay. Because I think because you do have kind of a separation because you're just you're just singing the words that don't really have much meaning to you because you're just thinking, am I getting the note right? Is that my oh. am I harmonizing correctly here? I, you like you know the words are just could be anything because you're just your mind's totally like. Concentrating on singing. That is an interesting thing, thinking that you, they could get you to sing most things without knowing. <laughs> yeah, without yeah. knowing. <laughs> yes, I could be singing, start spreading the fronds. Uh, and then we have a we have one on uh, Sunday as well that we'll sing. Okay. And that's enough. And that's the good one. That's the that's the best one. I don't know if it's the best one, but it'll be a happier song. Okay. It won't be. A, it'll bring the hallelujahs back. All right. Those they've been put away for a while. Hmm. Time to bring them out out of out of Lent into and then someone told me that lent ends on sunday so i could break fast and i'm like i think you've got it mixed up because it doesn't end until uh easter so which is sundown on saturday night so you're thinking it's earlier than they think it is no they're thinking they're thinking it's way they think it's a week earlier that it should end oh oh wait so they think it should have ended last week because lent officially ends on sunday on palm sunday oh okay 
but then you have Holy Week, which is also the fa- a fast period. Okay, but what you give up for Lent isn't necessarily a fasting situation. So you know you could have given up driving your car for Lent, right? <laughs> sure. And then know. and then, but then you know Holy Week is fasting, the fasting and the furious. <laughs> but Lent is all such, Lent, such hungry Vin Diesel. Lent is also fasting. Right. Okay. But yeah. if whatever you gave up for Lent might yeah. not necessarily connect with food. Oh, sure. You yeah. can do whatever you want. Right. But yeah, I just carry on the same. So if if your Lent thing was, I'm not going to read any new books or mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch television yeah. or any of these things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to show my dog any love. Um, <laughs> then that ends like last week. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, get back to fasting. Yeah. All right. Unless, of course, you work in a door factory and you need your strength and you'd get dizzy. And so don't fast then. Don't just... Yeah, yeah, sugar would have been nice for this last little while. These 12-hour days would have really... Yeah. <laughs> would have been a nice little aid. So for you, uh, your Lent uh, ends or whatever, you're uh, stopping the sugar thing. Lent and fast, yeah. That's uh, midnight on, uh, on uh, sundown, Sunday morning. Sundown on Saturday. Okay. Oh, Saturday. sundown? Yeah. Okay, so when is sundown on Saturday? Yeah. I don't know. I've never really noticed okay. when it's sundown. The start of sundown or complete sundown? Sun's gone. Or sun starts to go down. What do you go with? Like I, sun hits the water. Boom. Sun hits the water. Sun hits the water. You're, you go. I would say if you, it's just the last rays of light poking up from behind. I, I would say you could consider that over. Okay. So you're the guy like sitting on the beach with two ice cream cones. <laughs> just like staring Slowly at melting. the sun. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. That'll be me. All right. Ice cream cones would be good. I go for that for lunch. Yeah, break. two-fisted ice cream cone. Just right. that's a good idea, actually. We're going to be going out for dinner because tomorrow night. Tomorrow's our anniversary, at least my anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary! Thank you. Could I ask uh, the thing? And I should know because I was there. Yes, you should, and so should I, because I was also there. So oh boy, it would be. A tw- oh boy, do this to me next month. When I, it's mine. Twenty-eight? Would it be? We were ninety-four. So six twenty plus two twenty-eight. Yeah. Okay, twenty-eight. Our twenty-eighth anniversary. Right. That's pretty good. It is good. It's pretty good. So anyway, we'll be in Langley. So theoretically, we could skip the dinner at the restaurant, or skip the dessert at the restaurant we're at, and yeah. go to Baskin Robbins and get some ice cream cones. Yeah, just start, just pound them. <laughs> skip four or five. Yeah. How many flavors is Baskin Robbins up to now? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it not the same? Is it not always 31? No, I think they must have upped their game. But they only have limited space for the amount of ice cream they have. Oh, okay. So I don't know if they could, I mean, they could... Build like a bigger basket of robins and make it sixty-two. It'd be very flavors. strange if we still lived in a world where there's only thirty-one flavors. No, but they change. They switch them out. Okay. They switch them out. Like okay. They have summer ones and they have winter ones. The winter ones are all woolly. <laughs> a hot cinnamon, spicy <laughs> yeah, sriracha, spiced rum ice cream. Yeah. Now you're making me want to go to the place on Venables that has all the crazy flavors. Yeah, uh, that'd be good. Um, let's just skip this. And, oh, you can't. Forget it. <laughs> can't. That's a gelato place, though. It's different than ice cream. Yeah. Do you not like gelato? It's okay. What's the preference of uh, it's too rich? It's fine. Gelato's fine. Okay. I don't I know. I just not, like ice cream more. I don't know I what the difference is between the difference. them. Yeah, I, I don't know. Not tell the difference if you put they're them in made front of me. differently. And I think they have, but I don't know what the difference is. Sorry. One's made of gel. Yeah, it's made of ice. Ice. That's true. <laughs> I made. I, I sometimes make ice cream because uh, it can, mm-hmm. and uh, it's amazing to me that I can make ice cream. Yeah, and you just go like, "Oh, you can make this. Oh, it's really good. Oh, yeah, I'm just. It's something that can be made. Hmm. Weird. Feels like it. This should be a technology thing that uh, only professionals should do, but no. Is it real ice cream? I think it's actually more real ice cream probably than the ice cream that you get. In a supermarket, so with all the extra business, <laughs> you, yeah, you had your whipped cream and whatever your half and half, and then your flavorings, and you know, well, you put whipped cream in it. 
Yeah, it's the thickest cream that there is. Oh, I yeah. see. Oh, but it's not whipped. It's just the, the whipping cream. Yeah, okay. whipping cream. Okay, yeah, that would be the thickest, yeah. And then do you like stir it in a bowl with ice? Oh, Yeah, you mix it uh, you, you mix it for like about a half hour or what have. First of all, you have to freeze the bowl like overnight mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you uh, mix it for a certain amount of time and then take it out, put it in a container, and you can either eat it then as soft serve or you can let it uh, get colder and then it becomes regular ice cream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Either way. Neat. And uh, the flavors are damn good if uh, you get good flavors. <laughs> yeah. Don't use durian. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that like durian. So that, that's what that gelato place has is a flavor. I know. <laughs> well, so does Mario's. Oh, That really? was the first place that I tried durian. Okay. And I was like, oh, let me try that. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it's death, right? Like, it smells like death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's bad smells. Okay. There's, like, poop-related smells. There's vomit. There's awful <laughs> smells. But this one just is like... You, we will all die one day. What the hell is the smell? I don't need this. That's for having on Ash Wednesday. Uh, you're, you're having durian? Yeah, on Ash Wednesday. It's about death. Okay. So, yeah. from dust you came, dust to dust you will return. And here's, and here's, your ice some, cream. here's some durian ice cream. <laughs> Do you want a double scoop? We can put Rocky Road with it. What? Because it's a rocky road to the grave. I mm. guess so. Technically, mm-hmm. that's fine. Sure. All right. How do I justify bubblegum? I don't know. Can't help you there. One day my spirit will be light as air. <laughs> I went to... Uh, you can have licorice ice cream. Of course I don't like licorice ice cream. It's black, though. It's black. Yeah, it's, it's uh, horrible. I like licorice ice cream. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure you do. Lots of people do. My <laughs> Listen, I come... Uh, f- I'm married to a family of Finns. There's people that love uh, salty licorice mm-hmm. in my it's family. Too. It's good, too. I know. I know. It's fine, <laughs> though. It would probably melt the ice cream. So you couldn't pull that, that one off. Do you like licorice licorice, or do you just like licorice ice cream? Oh, I like both. Yeah. Okay. My mom is a licorice fan, so I was uh, early, early on uh, adopter of black licorice. You like an all sort? Oh yeah, all sorts are fun. My problem with all sorts is uh, they're all the same. They, they all taste the same. They do all taste the same. Yeah, it's a bit of a lie. It's more just for the fun of it. You want to say uh, to them, "Have you heard of bridge mix?" Give them your name <laughs> because that's all sorts. There's all sorts of things in bridge yeah. mix. Yeah. Whereas licorice all sorts, it's all the same damn thing. Except for the little uh, round ones with the beads on them. Okay. Those are good. No, they're, they're And fun. they're different. Yeah, these are, well, slightly different. They still taste like licorice, though. <laughs> well, yeah, it's licorice. Yeah. It's not all sorts at all. <laughs> it's licorice. Have you tasted your sorts. own product? No. <laughs> no, they, uh, they love a Finnish person loves a panda licorice yeah. with uh, salt. Mm. Like, must, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, Germans must like it, too, because Dutch, Dutch love uh, uh, salted sure. licorice, too. Sure. So it must be like a Northern Europe thing. Yeah. I don't think you can find it in Italy. Like, you just want to go there and just go, do you know other candy? <laughs> Have you met other candy? Yeah. Have you ever had a caramel? I'll mm. make you a chocolate-covered caramel right now. It's just sugar. It's sugar and butter. Let's make it. Let's make it right now. And you'll and uh, we'll, we'll put some chocolate on it. It'll be the best thing you've ever had. What do you want? Salted licorice. Are you okay? <laughs> like, how big a smoker are you? Yeah. That this is the only thing that can crack through you can taste it feels like if you had covid and you lost your taste you would go with that just to go like look i just want to feel something Mm. and this will break through whatever uh barriers i've got other thing uh, dutch people love is uh chocolate sprinkles on their toast in the morning yeah they really do that's like uh that's pretty good that is good i was it's not breakfast i was so pleased when i had when i was had that as a kid my friend's 
parents were Dutch. So the first time I slept over there, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate For on all toast. people that complain of like Oreo cereal, have you met Dutch toast breakfast? Yeah. Like to me though, even though I was like a kid who loved sweet things, mm-hmm. like if that was my breakfast, yeah. num, 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 num. Yeah. Half hour later, calm. <laughs> out why because it would just crash uh, you'd crash from just like pure sugar no, see, on that's, bread that's the training that you get though that's that's why i don't crash from food because i was an early user sugar of chocolate adapter. On, yeah yeah even though your your parents wouldn't give you sugared cereal no my mom was was vehemently against it unless we were on vacation in which case we could choose one sugar cereal to take with us on vacation and that cereal was fruit uh, loops fruit loops okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Fruit Loops were the best. Uh, Trix was pretty good. I don't, never had and, it. And the nice thing about Trix was it gave you similar flavors to Fruit Loops, but it was harder to eat. There was smaller amounts, right? Okay. Like smaller thing. So you yeah. have to do more scoops mm. with your spoon. So it took you longer. So you got to enjoy it longer. I know it'll break your heart, but we had ours with milk. So it yeah, it would soften over time. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> and you just have a rainbow bowl of milk. Yeah. And then you drink the milk afterwards. I know. It's the worst. I can't even watch that. <laughs> Can't even watch that in a commercial. If someone's drinking from a bowl in a commercial, forget it. Let's get a new TV. Uh, I I gotta smash the screen. It's the worst. That's so funny. Yeah. No, my wife does that, and it's just like, well, I gotta leave the room. <laughs> leave the room. Well, goodbye. It, it's you know, it's not that bad. No, it's the worst thing. <laughs> it is odd to me. Yeah, it is odd. What yeah. did Lisa it's like said a something? Historical uh, atrocity, and then uh, drinking milk from a bowl. Very similar. One of the soups we had last night was clam chowder because one of the one of the church men he he makes it every year for for our soup dinner and uh, it's really good. But Lisa will not have it, and for reasons of texture, she said she doesn't like the clams. Oh, of course, yeah, that's the one deal breaker in it. Yeah, for sure. Is that right? You don't like? Oh, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whenever they have oh. a chowder, it's like what's in it? We got salmon. Oh, that's that's all yeah. right. Nice. We got some salmon in there and whatever other, and then it's like and clams. Okay, well, <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> This is a mistake. There's nothing else you would eat with I love this it so texture. Much. I love it so much. Yeah, it's similar to... I love the rubbery texture of it. Great. <laughs> it's similar to uh, like oysters in yep, that, good. you know, if you tasted anything... If, like if you as an adult, yeah. you know, someone offered you something and had the texture of an oyster, yeah. you would know this was wrong and do not eat it, <laughs> right? Yeah. But because other people eat it, you're like, oh, no, it's... And it's like... And I eat... I will eat an oyster over a clam. Like mm-hmm. easily, yeah. uh, but uh, it's still like this is disturbing. This is uh, rough. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, I'm not the biggest seafood eater in the world, and uh, I remember going with Mary and a family. Well, we we're all together, but Mary and her boyfriend, and we went to this restaurant in Abbotsford called the I think it's called the Bow and Anchor. All right, and they have a cold seafood platter, which is like a mussels and clams and and oysters and and. Uh, and it also has like a little meter that shows your money disappearing as you're eating it. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, I mean, I had not tried any of that. Like I, I, you know, I just clams. I hadn't clam chowder. I didn't, I've never had them like raw up to that point. So I was, okay. I was very, I was a little iffy about it too. You, but wouldn't, like, you had just like a cooked clam. You yeah. I never, I would that. make okay. like, um, I liked like a, uh, there was a pasta that I like to make with clam in it. Yeah. And then, um, I think it was pasta fungal. Uh, I can't remember what it's called now. And then, um, and clam chowder as well. I like to make clam right. chowder. Have you had an oyster? Well, I have now because I had an oyster at that. Ah, very good. Uh, uh, um, okay. And I have to say that um, they're kind of um, 
interesting to eat because they feel like really clean. <laughs> it's kind of hard to yeah. describe, but like eating them, they're just like kind of, they were, it's a cold, it's like a cold. So yeah. eating the cold and it, it felt very like weirdly clean. Like it's like fresh feeling. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I'm not big on the idea that it's alive. And I'm I don't like, think it's alive when you're it's eating alive, it. It's alive. Yeah. Is it when yep, it's cold? It's still alive. Yeah, you can't, you're not eating a dead oh. oyster. Yeah. Uh, and it's got no pain receptacles, they yeah. say. Yeah. But it's still like, hmm, that's an odd thing yeah. to do. But, you know, look. The, uh, people eat octopus alive and stuff like that. Yeah, I really dislike that. Very, very much dislike that. Because they do have a lot of receptors and they're very intelligent. And I just like this. Like, I get it. I get that it's a cultural thing and I understand. <laughs> but I'm like, culturally, you didn't know back then yeah. how smart these things were. And that just feels like, yeah. oof. Eating something with no nerve endings, okay, fine. You know, there's an argument to be made, but something that's like feels things so intensely is like boo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this seemed kind of awful. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But yeah, I just, I mean, let me. I'll just. I'm not gonna eat oysters every day or ever again, most likely. Like mm. I was just at a function where there's oysters on a. I didn't even know they were alive. I didn't realize that. How about mussels? Are mussels still alive? No. No, you steam a mussel before you eat it. Oh, no, these were these were cold. But So they would cook yeah, them? Yeah, they would cool Oh, I guess them they cook them cool, and cool yeah. them down because yeah. the shells opened, right? Yeah. Mm, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's the only way to get the shells open. I guess open. that's the same with clams then, too. You have to open it. Yeah. So just the oyster. Yeah, the oyster, you just you shuck it and then you scoop it and you eat it. But yeah. it's like, it for the most, yeah. I can't see how it would be. Yeah, I don't think you need a dead oyster. Okay. No, I don't think that's safe. I think these were pre-shucked for us. That, mm-hmm. that it's kind of slid them. I think it's a situation like a lobster where... Uh, basically, like second you a lobster is dead, then it like starts to go bad mm. real, real, real yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Which is why people boil them. Which I'm again, I'm not great with because you can just, you know, do a little thing at the back of the neck and like you just killed it instantly. Okay, that's fine. Boom, 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 done, done, done. Yeah. But you know, people, it's a tradition to just dunk them in the water, and I understand. They're like bugs. They don't seem uh, real like they have feelings and whatnot. I understand. But if we can make it a little better, uh, let's make it a little better. But uh, do you like lobster? Um, I've had it once. I guess I think I had it as part of that platter, but uh, I've had it like cooked once. Yeah, it's okay. It seems fine. I mean, where you're really getting it is like you're getting the butter. Like butter tastes (laughs) good and it's soaking in butter. Let's leave with crab. Yeah. A lot of butter. I think what you need with lobster when you get in a restaurant, though, is like a, a schematic of what to, what you're supposed to be eating. Like they should just like bring over like a big bo- board and put it beside you. And so you can kind of look at it while you're trying to figure out where you're. Yeah, you want a YouTube claw. video playing. Yeah. Like hey, buddy. So you decided yeah. to eat a lobster, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get at it. Because this, this is going to look like poo, but it's not. But maybe yeah. you don't want to eat it anyway. Yeah. I mean, it was a, considered a garbage animal until about 100 years ago. But, uh, you know, whatever you, pal. Like, someone would be eating this and like, oh, you're a hobo, huh? Enjoying some hobo chow. And then all of a sudden, you know, no, it's rich man food. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a feels like a, a gag they played on a rich guy. We're just like, what we're going to do is we're going to convince him that a lobster, what, you think thing that eats garbage off the bottom of that? Yeah, 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 that thing. That disgusting thing, it's like the most disgusting looking thing. I know, I know, I know. It looks like a cockroach. I know, I know, I know. But here's what we're going to do. We're going <laughs> to convince him that it's the fanciest food there is. And he's going to pay top dollar for it. Top dollar? They just wander into like a crate. Like it's not hard to catch. You don't even have to hook it. No, no, no. no. Here's what we're going to do. It's just a... Yeah, because you just put garbage in a, in a box and the guy will go, oh, like garbage. And will go get the garbage. And then do you throw out the garbage? Nah, just uh, give more, put more garbage back in and get more lobster. But we'll convince the guy that it's the, he should pay top dollar for yeah. it. It's the fanciest food there is. Like, oh, okay, fair. Let's see if that works. It did. <laughs> it did work. There you go. 
I guess because it was like the dare, the daring food of its day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's food nowadays that people eat it in a dare, like blowfish or whatever, where, you know, it's very dangerous to want to eat it. Well, I'm going to eat it then. You know, it's a sh- shark fin. It's That's a very dangerous animal. I'll have that shark fin. Yeah. What's it taste like? Nothing. <laughs> oh, that was worthwhile. But it's just like food on a dare. And so, yeah, it's it's it know. costs a lot. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, a sense of, you know, honor to it or what have you. Not even yeah. honor. But like elegance, faux elegance. But, you know, you look like a knob. <laughs> Yeah, and that, you know, but yeah, you go with the faux elegance, and you're going to end up eating a lobster. I know it's kind of funny if you go to the Maritimes where like they'll just have macaroni with lobster on it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how like worthless it is there. They just put on on macaroni. Yeah, they just wander into your house and they're yeah. on the table anyway, and it's, you just go, let's kill it. <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of a of a wiener in uh, like a like a hot dog in um, in the Maritimes. Like yeah. you just add it to your macaroni and cheese. Also, uh, it's incredibly delicious in the Maritimes, and then you have it here and go, it's butter. <laughs> It's fine. It's, it's fine. same thing, you know, yeah. I, I've said this before. Like, if you're ever going to have mussels, have mussels, like, in the Maritimes, and they're just the most delicious thing in the world. Mm. Then I tried having them here. I'm like, mm. <laughs> you know, it's just some foods are better where they're from. Yeah, yeah. They That's, just are. Got to go there to enjoy them. Yeah. But then again, folks there, they love Swiss chalet. So what do they know? What do Idiots. they know? Yeah. This is good chicken. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not good chicken at all. Their sauce is terrible. It's terrible. It's not even as good as Montreal chicken sauce, St. Hubert's, and that's bad. <laughs> I but, mean, I have St. Hubert's chicken sauce. Oh, good. Well, I have their poutine uh, sauce. Okay. But that's basically what what Swiss Chalet is a knockoff of, is yeah. the Hubert, St. Hubert's. I would think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's that same, you know, odd tomato-y kind of... Okay, it's different. I guess the poutine one is different then. No, that's good to know. Huh. Well, that, yeah, Mary... Oh, we've had them for a long time, actually. Mary brought them back from... Uh, from uh, Quebec when she was there in grade nine. That's how long ago. Wait, the Saint Hubert sauce? Yeah, it's just in a packet. It's in oh, a okay. Packet, so it's fine. It'll last a long time. Yes, it will. You know, it's got a little. Okay, well, it's got a date on it. I doubt it. Yep, I bet it does. <laughs> and I bet that date says something like, you know, done. A couple of years back. <laughs> it's fine. I'm still gonna eat it. Why? I, <laughs> Why eat the poison food? It's not poison. It's just powder. Okay, it's not expensive. Like honestly, you're risking you're risking you know uh, uh, bad taste on something that you know you can get honestly at the grocery store for a buck. I don't know if it's really worth your while eat, <laughs> having the old Kool Aid, like <laughs> a really old Kool Aid. That's fine. Just powder. Lots of things are just powder. Anthrax is just powder. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's no anthrax in it. <laughs> sure but this <laughs> is powder. Those best before dates. Yeah. They're good to look at. I think that they are overrated. Do you? Yeah, I do, actually. All right. I think they're kind of silly. Then when you consider how much the product costs, and is it worth the risk as opposed to $2 or whatever for the new ketchup, you know? Eh. All right. It's a, it's a guide. <laughs> it's a guide. It's not a, it's not a law. It's a, okay, yeah. yeah. It was no, a guide no put together by experts. No, I don't think so. Nope. I don't think so. I All think right. It's just... Do you drink old milk? Like, if you look at your milk and it's a week old. Oh, yeah, I'll drink that for sure. All right. That's nothing. I've had a month-old milk in my house. And, that, and you drank it? Yep. Why? Because it's not finished yet. Yeah, but it's... Yes, it is. It wasn't a month, but it was 19 days. Okay, again. Uh, other milk is not expensive. I know. And so what's the... What... Okay, what good comes of... Waste not, want not. No, no, that's not true at all. Uh, waste poison... Want more it's life? It's not poison, though. It's fine. Okay, waste. If you old, can smell old, it, old, it, it smells fine. If it's not coming out in chunks, uh huh, it's okay. 
right. If it had pour, if I poured it out and yeah. it's covered in chunks, or if I opened it up and it had green on it, right. yeah, I'm not gonna eat it. Okay, good, good. You good. know, except for cheese, I'll just cut the green off the cheese. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's what you do. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just concerned you're taking a risk for no reason. There's no good reason to like you know. Well, well, it's, in, it's in the fridge. It's food. <laughs> it's food. Might as well eat yeah, it. that feels like a clean your plate when you've seen like a bug walk across it, and it's just like, eh, you can just like let it go. I guess, but I mean, like we have uh, like salad dressing in our fridge, like that's like a year old, like or two years old. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'd like to meet the person who. It's fine. I think they just make up those things, get people to throw it away so they can sell more. Uh, that sounds like a craft conspiracy. <laughs> um, I think there's probably another reason behind it. But uh, you know, whenever they the, people talk about spices and how like yeah, you should only keep your spices for six months. Like, well, that's bananas. <laughs> well, that's because of I think because of loss of flavor, not because of like, yeah they're going to go bad. I can add, see that. Add more, then then you're fine. You know, more flavor. <laughs> Or to shake but it that up. seems ridiculous. Like you would not buy anything that's in a glass container mm-hmm. and then like throw it out in like six months <laughs> when it's like three quarters full still. Yeah, and you're not going to work your way through all that cumin in that no. amount of time. No. What are you? What are you, Johnny Cumin? <laughs> what are you doing? Stop it. Yeah. And I use a fair amount of cumin. Hmm. I'll tell you that much. I don't. I don't care who knows it. Sure. Yeah. Especially now that summer's a cumin in. Oh, it is. Yeah, summer's a cumin in. You're not wrong. <laughs> I uh, went. Uh, I went to. What's the uh, spice you use the most? Would it be cumin. The spice I use the most. You know, I don't. You know what? Actually, I use a lot of nutmeg, uh, just because really? I really put those in. I put it in smoothies. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, pr- that seems like a odd spice. Curry powder, though. quite a bit. Paprika. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. Uh, yeah, we're not counting, of course, salt and pepper. No. Because uh, that would be uh, dumb uh, to do that. <laughs> yeah, probably I'd say I'd say that. Paprika a lot. Okay, yeah. How about yourself? I would have to say... Chili flakes Probably quite a bit. tarragon. Ah. Because I like to put it on cooked carrots. Okay. And I have a lot of those. So it's not just uh, an eggs dedrick situation? Not just an eggs dedrick situation, no. It's also used for... It's really good on carrots. That's a nice, and this is nice dried flavor. tarragon you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever used the fresh tarragon? I have used fresh tarragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly use it to make tarragon vinegar, though, now, because can't, I can't find it anymore. So yeah, make... it is hard to find. That's right. It used to be like in Safeway. You could go and get Borges tarragon vinegar, but that is no longer yeah, available. Victor, Victor I don't even Borges think it's... Borges uh, vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> when you eat it, you have to open the lid off, and then pull it open, <laughs> and pour it out. Um... But it's it's hard to uh, it, I don't think Borges even make it anymore. Actually, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I don't know why the tarragon vinegar market like the their their, I think it might their market just be dried people up. People know how to make their own vinegar. Now. I guess that's it. Maybe people just thought, oh, it's cheaper. But you know, it's this kind of handy just to be able to buy it and not have to think about you know because the problem is, of course, is it's the day of you're doing something that you remember that you needed to make the vinegar. You don't do it the week beforehand that they recommend in the, in the, right. in the recipe. Here is the day I of your like, oh, I guess I should get, the, oh, the tarragon vinegar. I've probably asked this before, but did your dad ever cook anything? Like, was my dad was an expert at making pancakes. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, my dad would make chocolate pizza. Chocolate pizza? Yeah, that was something he would make. So it was a dessert he would yeah. make? Yeah, it was okay. a dessert he would make. Uh, not, much, uh, not much else. He, I think he could make eggs. I think he could make like a... Eggs and bacon, I think. I think my I think dad he could made have made a bacon that. sandwich. I would, I would imagine making one of those. But it but seems to me that. if my dad was going to cook, like 
he was going to make pancakes. That would be his. That was his thing. And we had a griddle. We had an electric griddle at home. So he did. He would use the electric griddle for that, and he also used it for popcorn. Oh, how? We just pour. We just put oil in it, and then put the those kernels in, and this kind of not shake. Oh, we would, would shake just them. Sort up? of let it shake it, and he was he was. Uh, I have to say, he was really good at it. He never burned them. Mm. You know. So yeah, that was that was the way he would make popcorn. So that was how I grew up making popcorn as well. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It was just like it was a big. It was like you know. It was pretty large. It was around, I don't know how big it was exactly, but it was large enough that you could put like four pancakes comfortably in it or like a bunch of popcorn and cook it in. I just wonder like how dads lived before they got married, you know, just like what would normally he, like my dad, what would he eat in the morning? What would he eat for lunch when someone wasn't making his lunch? Yeah. My dad like would have the, had a cereal with milk and evaporated milk on it. Both? Yes. Okay. No, did I say evaporated? Condensed? Condensed, maybe. The one with a cow on it. <laughs> I think, I think, it's I think both have a cow on it, I but know, I, I think, think it was you're evaporated. Like, oh, I evaporated, probably. Yeah. It's evapor- yeah, evaporated milk. And he would, yeah, I always put that on. I don't know. I don't know if that was. Some I think the condensed over. milk is the one that's super sweet. Like yeah, no, 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 no not that one. Yeah, the evaporated milk. That went into his uh, coffee and tea as well. Okay. And what is evaporated milk? Don't ask me. I think it's is like. the water I think evaporated it's a stabilized. It's a stabilized canned milk so that you don't have to worry about refrigeration for your milk and i think it was created during world war ii uh, in order to deal with shortages of milk okay if it created in world war ii by which side <laughs> as far the as the good I know side why. or the nazis oh you're calling the Nat? okay um yeah i'm making that bold choice. it's very subjective but anyway um i think it was the good side i know it's tough now because putin is so anti-nazi <laughs> They are like, wait a second. Does that make the Nazis the good guys? I'm not sure. I'm put a lot of question marks. Now. Put a lot of question marks. Yeah, a lot of here. spinning question marks. Turn off video <laughs> discussing class. It's a think about. It's a real think about. It's a puzzle. Hmm. Can more than one person be wrong? Um, if yeah. one's lying, just blatantly lying. Oh, really? Oh. Huh. So you tell me right now that Ukraine isn't overrun by Nazis? Is it overrun by Russians? Yeah. Is there's it over no by Russian way, Nazis? There's no way of knowing. I think it's a false flag uh, <laughs> that's to distract from taking away our freedoms because of uh, yeah. COVID. And also, it's taking care of the the pedophile factories in the Ukraine as well, I believe. Right. I think I've heard someone talk about that on a I video. mean, listen, jobs are jobs. <laughs> right? Wait, I was, first I was thinking jobs are jobs. Making up making up pretend facts in order to sell stuff on the internet no, is it's also a job. No, jobs. Oh, those factories. Fa- at, the, at the pedophile factory. Yeah, yeah. False factory jobs. You start off in the mail room. Yeah. Work up to the female room. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice place to lick the stamps. Anyway, we wish everyone the best <laughs> in the world with the tragedies of the day and such things. Oh, Lordy. That's why we're not a topical. <laughs> that's why we can't be. Yeah, that's why we... That's why we can't be. We can't have nice things. Uh, Dave. Yeah. Yesterday, I uh, ended up with a whole bunch of nose lube. Okay. Yeah. Wait. No. No. I didn't know no that way. was. I there's didn't know no that was a thing, though. Wait a second. Nose hey, lube. Hey, thing. guess who else didn't know that was a thing? Okay. Me. Is it Until, actually called nose lube? Well, I. Okay. It was. It was a lube. Okay. Okay. That was used. Yeah. To lube up a tube. Yeah. That was placed in my nose. So <laughs> okay. I think. I think. Is this, is I think. I'm, I, book? I think I'm. You know, being accurate yeah. and saying, if you lube a tube. Yeah. 
uh, to put up your nose, yeah. to put up your schnoob, yeah. <laughs> uh, then that is uh, nose lube. Yeah. I think so. And sure. even if it's not originally nose lube, not originally nose say lube, it was yeah. KY. Yeah. Okay. And then someone puts it on a tube and yeah. puts it in your nose. It has now become mm. nose lube, yeah. I believe. Was it water-based? Oh, I asked a lot of questions. I went, excuse me, is this organic? <laughs> is this water-based? <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you. She should mostly. Yeah. Uh, it's expired. That's the other question you should have asked. I should have looked. Yeah, could have looked, to check the date. Yeah, I was like, it actually was condensed milk he was using, which is strange. Evaporated milk? <sighs> I, was was I, it sweet? I didn't look. You know, again, I was trying to look away. <laughs> no, I was. So what getting, happened? What was, what was this about? I will tell you after I take a little drink of water. Okay. Mm. Mm. Is this when you went to the garter snake zoo? No, this is. Uh, this is like. Uh, I, I had uh, after I after I had my fall. Yeah. Uh, uh, when they when they I went for my initial appointment of like you know immediately afterwards. You know they looked in your ears to see if there's any bleeding. Or anything sure, like sure. That. And I was told there's no bleed there's no blood. Yeah. But boy, you got a lot of earwax. And I was like, yes. oh okay. Well, I'm getting a little uh, I'm getting a little shamed there. <laughs> okay. So sure. so you know about a month later. I try to clean out my own ears with uh, with uh, a peroxide saline mix, which I read online. Mm -hmm. It's a safe way of doing it wrong. Google MD. Uh, Ears clog completely up. Uh, The right ear clogs completely up. Like, oh, boy. Okay, so I should go in and I should uh, get this taken care of. So I go in, I get my ear flushed out. And uh, and, uh, they look at my ear and go like, oh, it looks like you got a little, uh, mm, looks infected. Uh, So we should recommend you to an ear, nose, and throat guy. Uh, two and a half months later, I get to see my ear, nose, and throat. Sure, guy. sure. Okay. Now, what I didn't get about the ear, nose, and throat. Canadian guy, healthcare system, am I right? Yeah, no shit. Uh, you know, I like it for the most part, but this one was like just a big. Well, come on. So, uh, so yeah. So I've been having like some dizziness and whatnot that could be a variety of things, as I've discussed, because I'm on a whole bunch of medicines that you know for other things that all have you know a picture of a guy going whoa on the uh, on the front. Um, <laughs> So any anywho, so I go in and I think it's just going to be look in the ear. Is it infected? Yes, no, and then I know and I can tick off that box. Yeah. What I didn't know was it was like a full. You, you get the full business when you're in sure, there. Sure. Like you know, you paid for the works. You're yeah. getting the works. You didn't know. You said I didn't know this was an oral exam. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So I first have to go in for a hearing test, which I found remarkably creepy. It was really creepy because the way that they do the sounds. Yeah. Like, first of all, I'm wearing a mask um, because, you know, you have to in a medical building. And they put you in a small room uh, with the headphones on yeah. and it's dark. Mm-hmm. And then you got a little switch there. And it's like whenever you hear something, push the button. Okay. And uh, and first of all, like as it starts getting quieter, I can't hear it over my breathing. So I'm like trying to hold my breath, which is making it weird, too, when you got a mask and you're like getting a little bit Ooh from that but like yeah it's just this are you hearing this or are you not hearing this is this a voice in your head or is this a real thing and just this little <laughs> it's like it's like little sure. screams in the distance i was like okay yeah. all right i'm i'm getting i'm getting them i think yeah so uh what am i at the okono exhibit <laughs> but it's it's creepy sounds yeah and then it's like uh and, and then she said uh the woman who was in charge uh and then repeat uh, uh, what they tell you to repeat, and it's a guy who's just like, "Say otter, otter, <laughs> say uh, crossed, crossed," and he like just goes through all these uh, mm. all these different things. But it was like, this is this is weird. Why am I? 
Like, I get there's a reason for this, but it feels like you could then put this all together and I'm confessing to a murder. <laughs> Just like, did it I confess? Glad am I. Arrest me, please. Yeah, so and so forth. So went through went through that. And then afterwards she went, uh, you know, you've got uh, great hearing. You're very, very lucky. And uh, she said it in a way that it felt like I should be like a little embarrassed that I had such great hearing. But that, that was odd. <laughs> So then there's a big long wait and I go in and the guy, uh, uh, I, I tell him about the dizziness and he, he says to me, uh, look, here's the thing. Uh, this wasn't booked for a dizzy appointment. Uh, I only see one dizzy patient a day uh, and I've already seen them today. What? There's, I didn't know there was a... Uh... Yeah. So I only see one patient for dizziness a day. Yeah. And so he's like, you can book, you can book an appointment, yeah. but we won't be able to see you for like about eight months. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's that's useful. That's weird. Like yeah. I felt, I felt like I was asking for like something extra or fun. <laughs> just like, hey, listen, if it's not too much trouble, yeah, could you check and s- listen? I know I shouldn't even be asking this, but it's like, no, fuck. Like, what am I doing here? So, uh, so he looks in my ears, and I tell I tell him, you know, I've got apparently torturous ear canals. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine. So uh, so yeah. he looks in the one ear and he looks in the other ear and he goes, uh, yeah, there's a lot of wax in here. And I was like, yeah, I was told by uh, the the other uh, nurse practitioner, don't clean your ears because that's what's protecting your ears in case you got a perforated eardrum. So to be safe, don't 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 clean your ears. But he's still giving me like some guff for having like wax on my ears. I'm like, well, it wasn't an option. And another person told me to, okay. It's like, well, we'll clean that out. Like, okay. So he puts the thing in my ears to clean it out. It's a vacuum. The loudest thing you've ever heard. Shakes my spine to the, like, it's just so disturbing. And then he goes, got it. Like it. (laughs) What do you mean it? But like, you know, and he got like whatever the wax out and then he yeah. looked and went, no, it's not perforated. You're okay. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So what we're going to do now is we're going to, um, you know, uh, put this tube up your nose because it's all connected. Like, is it though? Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. So lubes up the tube and he says, okay, so whatever you do, don't sneeze. Please don't sneeze on me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to sneeze on you. Yeah. I, you know, I, I feel obviously you've been sneezed on. And it's really disturbed you. And so, yeah, he puts the tube down my down my throat and he's like, you're doing really, really well with this. Like, oh, thanks. It's really <laughs> uncomfortable and disturbing that we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, uh, at the end of it, he tells me uh, that I've got a deviated septum. Oh. Yeah. Well, that cocaine and, 80s. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, he was like, uh, you know that, right? I was like, no. <laughs> I don't know that. Huh? I'm like, no. And so, you know, I wanted to ask more questions, but he didn't seem to be Johnny answer a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's like, yeah, you know, you know, that's something you can take care of, you know, or, you know, it's up to, it's up to you on sure. that. I'm like, huh, interesting. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I ended up with like a, a nose full of lube, which was, which was, you know, it was all, it was all sure. fine till I go downstairs with, with my wife, you know, and, uh, we're heading outside. And then for some reason, the lube drops into my throat. It, did, it was in the back that just goes, <laughs> and it's just this, <laughs> and, <laughs> Oh, it just looked like someone had punched me in the throat. It was so gross and so whatever. And of course, you know, we're still in a COVID time. So I was Johnny Popular going, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot for that. Loop job. Yeah. But here was one but but that now I'm doing, you know, 
uh, math in my head mm-hmm. of like, first of all, when did my when did it become deviated? What yeah, happened? Yeah. You know, there's there's time. You know, there's times it could have happened. I did get like I got punched in the face by uh, a woman uh, a couple of years ago during a very weird week of my life where all this bad shit was going down, and then I walked out of the Hellcase Studios offices and a woman just like punched me in the face because mm-hmm. she was mentally ill. Yeah, like ah, that's a possibility, and there was a couple other things. Um, but doing some math in my head, uh, it was like, oh, this could have been when I got uh, whatever is like the sleep apnea because this affects, you know, this makes you snore getting a deviated okay. septum. Okay. Effect, basically, one nostril is then smaller than the other one. It affects sleeping. You know, if you're sleeping on the one side, you're not getting enough oxygen. You go sleep on the other. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And one of, the, one of the things that can cause like AFib is sleep apnea. And I'm like, huh. So, like, all these things that kind of happened kind of in a row, like, yeah, that's a possibility that, like, this happened, which then went to this, which then triggers this, which then triggers this. So, yeah, I got to talk to a doctor, doctor, uh, you know, at some point about that. And just He'll give you the and, news. That's right. Uh, bad case of, uh, you know, uh, L- Lubin news. <laughs> yeah. So then I got to, like, make a decision whether I want to uh, get the deviated septum treated or not, mm, you know. Mm. And what do you think? Uh, uh, well, you know, there's two ways of going about it. One is like where you stay awake and one where you don't. Mm. And, uh, my friend Dave last week told me it's, it's not safe when you, when you're uh, put under for anesthetic. So I'm thinking about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying well, I've been I'm put trying under think, many times, but yeah, I mean, I found out recently I have, I have sleep apnea, which mm-hmm. was a, you know, moderate sleep apnea. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not a good thing to have. And if that, cures that and is the reason for that maybe that's worth worth having but yeah you can you can do it with the uh, twilight med as well where you're uh and i've had that before okay it's like okay you know you just look around the room and you see robert pattinson and compliment him on batman what are we what are we talking twilight oh Oh, my god sorry no people think of him as batman now yeah people think of him as batman i live in the past yeah so no i gotta i gotta think of like whether or not it's uh worthwhile if anyone out there has had a deviated septum or whatever let me know uh how'd that work out for you you know did you get it treated should you get it treated what do you think i wish it could have just be that thing where someone just grabs your nose and just goes (laughs) like in a movie (laughs) no i don't think you wish that because people go oh but then it you know, everything's fine after. Everything's fine after. Yes. Everything's fine like seconds later. Yeah, yeah. It was, well, that's like the mov- same thing. Movie with medicine. They, I don't know if it really. Works. What's that? Movie medicine. I don't know if it works that way in real life. Well, the though. one thing that you know about movie medicine is yeah. you can get shot, you know, multiple times. Yeah. And just go ah. But like, the, <laughs> but the second like a beautiful lady then dabs lightly dabs your wound. Yeah. With some iodine. Yeah. Then you're ah. Oh, that's, that's the one thing you can't yeah. take as a tough guy is a bit of iodine. Like, <laughs> oh, the pain. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll, I have to I have to look into it. I have to look into it. But it did bug me, you know, him like, uh, you know, it'll be eight months. Like, who's yeah. got eight months yeah. to not be dizzy? <laughs> like, just, you know, just take eight oh, months even, of being well, it's dizzy. It's not even that. It's, I don't even understand why there's a, a quota of dizziness. Does he have vertigo himself? I don't know. I just find I get kind of dizzy myself if I see too many people who are dizzy. I think I think the procedure is longer. And so, you know, doing the basics, you know, they're just bringing people in and out. Check the hearing. Check inside. Look in with the thing. 
da ba 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 in and out, here you go. But when it's, you know, dizziness, there can be a variety of reasons. And so you got to do a thing. I know there's a lot of like... Where did you go for this? Uh, to just an ENT uh, oh, okay. place here in Vancouver. Okay, it's a medical center. Kind of yeah, uh, in a, a Granville, I'll tell you, Granville and Broadway. Uh, not Granville and Broadway, sorry. Uh, Main and, uh, no, Lying, can be in Broadway. <laughs> uh, in a new building that's uh, built there across the Well, there's the a new building drugs. in Vancouver. I would, sure surprised. is. Surprised. surprised it was uh, going in and going like, ah, oh, how are these fancy new buildings? Eh, they're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't know what I was going to say next. Well, that's fine. Except, you know. Uh, I think uh, people should get uh, treatment uh, fast. I don't, uh, yeah, if you're dizzy, you need to, to get checked out. Don't uh, make people wait eight months. That's crackers. Yeah. That's crackers. Who's got that amount of time? Like, there's people who, you know, listen, I can conceivably get by for like eight months, you know, right? It'd be annoying. You know, I don't like it, uh, but I can get by. But like, what about people who like got kids? You know, and they got like, you know, you got to take your kids places and do things. Yeah. You want to drive dizzy? You know what? You can't. You can't. You got shit to do. You're, you're, you're at work. You're lifting heavy things. What if you're dizzy during that? That's yeah. really dangerous. Yeah. It's like no good. You know, what are people supposed to do? Well, I'll go to a Langley doctor. They see dizzy people all day long. Huh? Yeah. All right. Sorry, man. Langley. Home of dizziness. There's, uh, there's some uh, physio places around here, which I know like. That's one of their main things is like they deal with vertigo. Okay. Okay. They got all these cutting edge vertigo methods of dealing with this, that, and the other. Okay. The, one, the one thing that I've, I found interesting through this whole thing with dealing with whatever the dizziness is, is like the one place I do not feel it at all is swimming. Hmm. You know, that's one of the things that I love about swimming is just like I feel completely normal. Second, I'm in the water. I'm fine. Everything's great. And yeah, and then it's like, you know, there's weird things that'll trigger you and you'll like, oh, but like never, never in the water. So hooray for swimming. <laughs> I wonder why. I guess, yeah. I guess your inner ear is, it's kind of uh, boggled by the uh, fact that you're sideways most of the time. My, uh, my theory is that your body realizes if you don't pay attention, you'll die. So it puts all this focus on what you're doing and all you can concentrate on is what you're doing. It also works really well for acid reflux for me because like something closes up inside when you're swimming too. Hmm. And so no acid comes up at all. So it's just like, oh, don't swallow water. And we're going to shut this down and we're going to focus on this. And like all the things that I have issues with, uh, second I'm in the water, I'm fine. I'm just fine and good. The one drag right now is that uh, Kit's pool looks like it won't be open this uh, this uh, summer. And that's one of my favorite pools. Yes, I was reading that. I guess it got damaged from the storms. From the extreme weather. and yeah. Uh, And yeah, it's just like, fix it. Fix it, fix it, fix it. Well, it's extreme weather. Yeah, that's what we live in now. We live yeah. in extreme weather times. I guess if, I guess you make a, a yearly budget and then you don't have the money for yeah. unexpected things. Yeah. My thing on it is like, let's pretend it matters. Let's pretend it's like the Olympics <laughs> coming up or something. Let's pretend, you know, that we care and do, and do stuff. And it's like, yeah, but it's, you know, it's extreme weather. Yeah. <laughs> let's pretend that there's going to be extreme weather now. Yeah. Because that's what's going to happen. They should have a contingency fund for these things. Yeah. But they don't. Do yeah. you know why? Or a go it's not sexy. Or a GoFundMe something. People <laughs> will throw in a little uh, dough and uh, and fix it. It's it's just such a perfect pool to swim in. In the summer, it's such mm. a drag. Yeah. And the, and the other drag is they've said, like, uh, because of this, they're going to open the, the other pools a little earlier. So instead of a 10, they're going to open them at, like, 7. First of all, wee, that's great. Um <laughs> But but what's that? What that's gonna do is there's a pool that's near me that's like one of my favorite pools, and now all the people 
or not all the people, mm. but at least some of the people from, you know, uh, kits that can't swim there are going to swim there. And now that pool is going to be over overcrowded. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, blah. I'm just mad. <laughs> mad is what I am. Just fix it. Fix the pool. There's cracks in it. I uh, know there's cracks. Yeah. Fix them. Fix the cracks. Fix it with crack fixing technology. Well, there's also pipes. Do we not? Have we not? Since Roman times, have we not learned how to fix a pipe? Fix a pipe. Yeah, but, you know, extreme weather. <laughs> yeah. Eh. Foo. Foo, I say. Those are two Canadian foos. Fix our pools and uh, uh, shorter waits for doctor's appointments. Those are my two Canadian complaints today. Foo. Well, that's been a, a long complaint. But um, another pool one. That's a new one. That's a new That's new on me. Yeah. That's a new poo. <laughs> that's a new foo. But, well... What can you? I mean, what can you say? I mean, fix it. Yeah, I don't know. You can say that, but fix it. The government says we don't have any money. Then you say that's not true. The government always has money. They always have money. They have money for some stuff. Well, yeah, but they allocate the money. Yeah, and then they so they would have to like take money from something else and put it into something else. You need to get people mad enough about the one thing that they go, oh, geez, yeah, Yeah. okay, fine. Okay, we better not better not spend money on signs for barges. We better fix a pool. Is that barge still there? Yes, it is, but the sign is gone now. Okay. Because just so people know, it's kind of a, a... There was a joke sign that was put up. There's a joke sign. There's, there's, a, there's a sign here in Vancouver for a park that was called Dude Chillin' Park. That's right. Because there's a statue that looked like a dude chillin'. <laughs> yeah. And so then when the barge crashed, almost taking out a bridge here in Vancouver, yeah. uh, they put up a sign that said Barge Chillin' Park. <laughs> yes. Which is a good joke. It's a solid joke. But now that Ian's discovered that that means that they didn't have enough money to fix a pool because of that sign... He doesn't think it's so funny anymore. Yeah, I think it's the same amount of money to put up a sign. <laughs> Fixed pool. I don't saying, know what you know. That, I don't that know what, the, part of all their what other... the city's joke budget is. <laughs> well, that's part of their that's part of their parks budget. Is making signs though. Yeah. So it did cost money. I don't think it was of course the value of a pool, but I'm yeah. Sure and, and anyone that has a, like a legitimate cause that was looking for funding went. Oh, but you could put this up, and it's like, I know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> exactly you're not, you're not wrong, but you're out, also not right. It turns out people don't have a sense of humor. Like you got a budget for the sign, and then you got a budget for the blowback. Yeah, yeah. we know. <clears throat> yes, we know you are, have a cause, and you have no sense of humor. But please, please bear with us during this time. Like I think, dude, chilling park was that's a that's a quality dude, sign. Dude, chilling, chilling. Yeah, no, that's no a G. Qual- Okay, here's a, here's what that did. Like that that park was very close to the old Hell's Kitty Studios okay. uh, location. Sure. And here's what I think it, that did. I think it made that neighborhood more fun. Mm-hmm. I think that just like just went, huh? Yeah. And just lifted everything up just a little bit. And it's hard to even explain why that would happen. But it was just like, oh, we're, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And it's kind of a you know, it's a park that could be a bit of a mm, park sometimes. <laughs> But it was like, here's what the park is. Yeah. It's kind of a stoner park. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a just goofing off park. We're, listen, this is a relaxing park. And this yeah. is the vibe we're going to, you know, this is, you know, and that's what it feels like. And it felt like it just made the neighborhood a little bit better. Sure. Lifted things up. Gave, we got a sense of humor. We're having a good time. Uh, it's a nice neighborhood. Yeah. Fine. Good. Like it. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I guess some people were like, mm. Stony Park. Some people were complaining. Yeah, about that too. we got money for that sign. Whoa, 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 whoa. Money for a rat trap. <laughs> that's a, that's the common that's a common uh, common form of discourse in the, these times. I guess in all times. Yeah, I mean, I used to I used to walk past T Swamp Park 
on the way to, uh, you know, uh, to, to work. And it was in my neighborhood. And I was like, you know, I get that there's probably a reason for this. And historically, this was called T-Swamp Park. This really could use a dude chilling name. <laughs> this could use a much better name than T-Swamp Park. Was it T, like, period? T- T-E-A. Oh, T-E-A. Swamp, as in Swamp Thing. Okay. Park. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the... the T-Swamp. The, yeah. Do you know the uh, Hasty Market? You know? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, it's basically behind that. Oh, really? Like, just a couple blocks behind it. It's a well, little park. That seems... it's fine. It's a fine park. You know what? But I... it's just like, ugh. Like, if you heard that there was a murder in where? T-Swamp Park. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be walking through T-Swamp no, you shouldn't. Park What if you had tea? What if time? you're drinking tea, though? Can you walk through it then? No, because why would you drink tea in a swamp? Oh, that's a good question. But that's, apparently that's where the tea grows. Okay. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about tea, but now I've learned. I just it know it's a, a bad name for a park. <laughs> it goes in a swamp. Like, and I know there's probably again there's a historical thing. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, and the heritage, it's and been I named get, this. and it's been this, and it's important, yeah. and whatever, and that's fine. My grandfather named that. Yeah, there's a real name for Dude Chillin' Park as well. Yeah, but eh, fun's fun. Yeah, yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> someone put Not a poodle. A someone put a poodle on a pole as a piece of art. Uh, in my old neighborhood, uh, people lost their damn mind. <laughs> they did. I'm like, you got money to put a poodle on a pole? You got money to... I know. <laughs> but if we're going to play that, then we're never going to get any art. Yeah. Well, you're never going to... I mean, I was kind of thinking that when I was driving with Lisa a little while ago. We were driving along the freeway, which in my memory... Freeway of love. The, well, we were together, so it was yeah. the freeway of love, you're right. And, but, you know, it has a boulevard between the two, the two directions. And when I remember growing up, that was a nicely kept area. It had like a nice, and but nowadays it's like overgrown grass and and it's a big mess. And you're like, we couldn't make it nice. Like nothing can be nice. We only can spend money on important things. We don't have money to keep things looking nice. And it just feels weird. Like yeah, we should have nice things too. Like we can't. It doesn't have to just be everything utilitarian. It has no use. I mean, leave re- it over. Yeah, there should and there should also be like there should be a parking lot. Yeah, and there should also be like a little budget for uh, extra, like whatever, just something extra, you know, a little, it's, it's weird to say like, this is the fun budget. <laughs> like, it's tough to say that when other things need funding. Yeah. I understand. You hide it, you call it the fudget. But yeah, but you know, there's things that make your city a little better. And there's yeah. some fun things, you know, like sometimes you make a little fun thing or you make this or that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying, you know, you should hang a chandelier under a bridge, which some people <laughs> have done here. And they spend a lot of money. And I get that that might be a little weird. And when you're like, you know, a lot of people are not doing great. Maybe a chandelier ain't the way to go. Maybe that's not the best. Oof. Okay, fine. Um, and also, listen, if you had made that poodle a pug, yeah, fine. It's <laughs> really, this is a poodle. That's what really got people. Yeah, it's a very elite dog. I think it was like a snobby looking dog. I don't think you want to encourage people to create things like pugs, though. No. That's really not a happy dog. Okay, what's a happy dog that you could put up there? Well, a poodle is pretty happy. I mean, it's, like, I know, it's, it's an old dog. It's a Roman dog. It's a yeah. I'll, I'll give it's you a hunting a, dog. I know. Unfortunately, it looks like a snob. It's one of the ten smartest dogs. It looks like it's. It looks like it thinks it's better than me. I maybe think of a French poodle, and that's possible, I guess, because of their po- their their haircut. I think is what does it. Yeah, their topiary style haircut. But you know, that was a hunting haircut. It kept the joints warm. Oh, that's what it was designed for. So they were light enough to swim in the water. Like their their coat wouldn't. Weigh them down, but also it had it had a heating element. Like the fur around their joints would keep them warm. Well, as a kid, I had a poodle, and uh, and yeah, when we when we would take her to the vet, yeah, not vet, we would take her whatever to the groomer, 
it, they would uh, make her look like a poodle. Yeah, and it would be like, eh, that's not what she looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> and like she didn't, she didn't like it. She was just no, dogs only getting haircuts. So our dog would hide in the closet when he got his haircut. Oh, he was embarrassed. He was ashamed to look that way. Hair so short. I want to be like the other kids in the house with my hair long. This was in the eighties, everyone. So mm-hmm. or seventies, eighties. So. Have you ever shaved your chest? No. Okay. Here's here's <laughs> what happens when you do. Okay. Uh, you lose sensitivity in your chest. And you huh. put on like your shirt, and it feels weird. Yeah, like, it yeah. feels like I'm numb. Yeah, I'm numb. Or even if you're showering and it's hitting your chest, you're like, oh, "This is wrong. I'm not feeling enough." Yeah. I would think like a dog would feel the same thing. Like if you cut more of its hair, it would have less kind of sensing stuff around it. It would just feel, "Oh, this feels wrong. This feels wrong. I'm not sensing enough stuff." Huh? Yeah, that's my that's my theory on why a dog would not like that. And some dogs have like a. They have fur that protects them as well. Like keeps them warm or keeps them cool. Yeah. Bulletproof. Or does fur. boast. Yeah. Stop stop a blade. Some, <laughs> some dogs that live in places that don't have chillin' parks need to stop a blade. Oh, Poor dogs that don't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean to make you sad? That's okay. Would you walk your dog when you had a dog? I don't like walking. Okay, that's fine. But would you... People don't like it, but they... But they Lisa, Lisa walks the dogs. Okay. Yeah. I have allocated her to that position. Yeah. I did when I when um when you were a teenager and you had your dog would uh, that dog No, we never took the dog for a walk. My yeah. mom didn't take the dog for walks and I was not not ever encouraged to take the dog for Yeah, walks. we we had a backyard and the dog would run around the yeah, backyard that's fine. but but that would be it it would be yeah, the idea of like walking your dog. Yeah. I mean that's just what you do now. I guess because people live in a lot of places where there's not that much room for dogs. I wonder. Yeah. You know, like they don't you don't have a backyard for them to to roam around in or yeah. And you'd always have the one neighbor with the angry dog in the backyard. would just be mad. Our so next door neighbor mad. Our next door neighbor had a wolf in his backyard. An actual wolf. No, but we, we thought, had a half we thought it was a wolf. Yeah, we th- we had what we call thought was a half wolf up the street. Yeah. At least that was the rumor. That was a rumor with us too that it was part wolf or whatever. Yeah. 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 It was just a big dog. I'm sure it had no wolf any kind of I think don't even know if wolves are that big near there, I don't know. I had nothing to compare them to. I've never seen a wolf beside a dime. So I can't <laughs> I can't. I can't figure out how big or small they are because you know trees are. Of yeah, you gotta heights. wait for a wolf to pay for something that costs just a dime. Yeah, then you would know exactly how yeah. big he is. You wait for the wolf to go to the gym and like uh, it's gotta use a quarter to uh, to to use the locker. Yeah, and you're like, well, let's just watch. And it's like uh, then you can kind of approximate from the size of the quarter what the mm-hmm. dime would be in your. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah, that's what. Well, yeah, a quarter would be okay. I, like I can. There's nothing I. I can figure out a quarter too. Yeah, I can't think of something that a wolf would like buy with a dime. Pack of matches. Could it? Could he's a smoker? Yeah, yeah, he's a smoker. Yeah, or if he's going to light the forest on fire, he's not Smokey the Bear. He doesn't give a shit. Do you think wolves are arsonists? No, I just think they don't care. Yeah, I think they care when the forest's on fire. No. So if forest is burning around a wolf. Yeah. The wolf is just like fuck yeah, it, fuck it. I don't fucking care. I don't give a shit. Wolf. He's like, I, I lit it on fire. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a wolf. But the thing, the thing is, like, if you look at a wolf in the wild and he's standing beside a bush, you can't go, "That's a big bush" or "That's a small bush." Because you don't know how big the wolf is. The same way with the wolf, you can't go, oh, that's a small wolf. Right. Because you don't know how big the bush is. You, so what you need is like more dimes in nature. Like I think people should just like leave dimes lying around in yeah, forests. That makes sense. So that we have a better sense of perspective. It would also make Or people, rulers. But I think rulers would be harder to leave around. I think the nice thing Because they would burn and yeah, the, the, the wolves would light them on fire. You would also have like tight fists that would go into the woods to try and find <laughs> the dimes. And what oh, I would that's think... That's point. What, what I think... No, what I think would be good would yeah. be... Then they might see a fire, 
like before it starts really yeah, getting out of yeah. control because they're looking down for dimes and yeah. like hey, wait, is something smoldering here yeah. and then they uh, put it out they look over and there's a wolf whistling yeah you know like look no <laughs> not a wolf whistle well, there's a wolf it, whistle yeah but this is a whistle of innocence not of, of oh the not whistle a, of innocence yeah yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> That's kind of whistling. Yeah, nothing looks more innocent than a whistling wolf with his hands behind his back, just walking exactly. on his hind legs. Exactly. Yeah. And then he sees a sexy lady wolf and goes, oh. <laughs> and, his, and his eyes come out in three different sizes of his head at one time. And yeah. And he, sa- and he says, out. oh, boy, I wish my penis worked like my eyes do. <laughs> like, what? That's a weird comment. That's a weird thing to hear a wolf say. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it at all. No, I'm not into it. I know you're wondering what I'm writing. I'm marking down the time. Okay. Because I don't want to. I don't want to truncate us whistling. Okay. Because <laughs> it'll make it weird. Sounding. And I just want to truncate us. Yeah, whistling. I know. That's I know. That's the problem. That's one of the biggest conflicts we have in this show is our whistle truncating arguments. <laughs> exactly. Um, quick movie review. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actual movie. You saw it. I saw oh, it. Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Yeah. Part one. Is? Part one is Everywhere. Part yeah. two is Everything. And then? Maybe I'm mixed up. Maybe it's Everything, Everywhere. It's Everything, every, Everywhere, All at Once. Right. Yeah. Uh, starring Michelle Yeoh. Uh, we both saw it separately. Uh, I Jimmy really, Lee Curtis? Yes. I I almost don't want to say anything else about it, but except go, it's, it's amazing. Go see it. But, you know, how about yourself? Yeah, it'd be hard to. I, yeah, I I wouldn't. I saw the trailer. Yeah, Mary. It's funny. I went with Mary. Mary came out to, uh, to the theater in Langley, and Lisa and I met her there, and we went to the movie together. And when we left, we all enjoyed it. And Mary said, "And it's funny if we hadn't seen that terrible movie, The Cursed, we wouldn't have seen the trailer for this, and we wouldn't have been in, you know waiting for it to come out. Mm-hmm. And because that's exactly what happened, we went to see a movie that was not very good, but we saw this trailer for a film that looked fabulous, and it was a fabulous film." Like, it's funny. It's fighty. I mean, it has, like, martial arts in it. Got some tenderness. Got some tenderness. It's got some good family dynamics. You will literally laugh, cry, gasp. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you will literally gasp. There's some some fun, over-the-top elements to it. Yes. That That you're uh, just like, oh, this would not be in a North American movie, but this... It is a North American movie. But, yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, there's some gross-out scenes that... uh, you're just like, woof. Okay, there you go. But uh, and uh, I forget the name of the actor, but the actor who played uh, Short Round in mm. uh, Indiana Jones and uh, was also in The Goonies. And you're just like, oh, it's so nice to see him get a nice role, like a yeah. really good, yeah. meaty role. And it's just ah. And you're right. You mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's got she's great in it. Great stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got great stuff to do. Great costumes. And just so much imagination, and mm-hmm. goes in so many places. And then it goes to places where you're like, uh, oh. Well, how do you get out of this? Well, this seems like the end. Oh wait, how do you get out of this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes, it goes where it felt like a North American movie would not necessarily go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was really good. I, I, I heartily recommend that movie, which apparently was supposed to start Jackie Chan, but they decided to uh, for two reasons. Decided not to super cop, but decided to super cop too. So decided to super cop too, partly because they decided they want a uh, mother daughter relationship in the film. And partially because Jackie Chan has come out very strongly against uh, homosexuality because he is a government puppet in China. Because you've got to live there and he's well known and he doesn't want to end up in a camp. He doesn't want a Michelle Pyatt or whatever the name of that Dennis player who's gone now, uh, his name is. Um, 
so yeah, he's kind of come out against, uh, and also disowned his uh, gay daughter. Yeah. So there's a lot of like kind of baggage there that you want to bring to the movie. So yeah, they went with Michelle Yeoh, and it's kind of funny because it's a very, um, yeah, it's a has a lot, it's uh, it's I think co-directed, co-written, co-directed by an Asian American, uh, Asian American, and produced by the Russo brothers, and uh, yeah, produced by the Russo brothers, but it it can't play in China. That's the sad part about it because it's uh, yeah, oh, well whatever. yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet one, one day, day one day one day for sure one day it'll happen but right now uh, no. uh, it's just such a drag that's 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 funny how you used to mention that about like the marvel movies and how they couldn't have you know any gay characters uh and then like almost all the uh the tv shows seem to like you know make sure that the, they do and like i i how do, i'm not sure how things worked with um uh the eternals the, what they'll do is they'll put in easily edited scenes mm. so they can take out those elements for, right. the, for the Chinese market. Or they don't care. It could be that they're willing to, to eat it. It seems unlikely that Marvel or Disney would be thinking that way. But, yeah. Because, I mean, it's not just, it's not just uh, homosexuality. Like, you can't have witches or a supernatural elements in movies to play in China. So, um, Doctor Strange won't play in China? P- probably not. Because that's got a witch and a sorcerer. Yeah, and it's weird because I I think that's okay there because they don't. It's done in a way that I don't know because they they and one of her kids is gay. They if took you're out, going with the comic because they took out the master in the original from the original Doctor Strange that they took out the Tibetan element of it to try the to, ancient one. Yeah, how they how they take her out? She's all through. Well, through. she's not she's not Tibetan in the movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they did that in order to to oh, placate, I see placate I see China. Saying. Okay, but it didn't work out anyway because they didn't like the the, the magical elements of it. But that's why they changed it to uh, to a woman. Though you know, you could make an argument that it's not magical; it's uh, it's scientific because you know all the things that you know Doctor Strange does, you can do with your uh, your Infinity Stones. Like he's but got, no, but got, it's just it's just it's yeah, he's it's pow- movie he's got magic. A stone. It's, yeah, he's it's, got it's a stone movie science, whatever. It's all from magic. space that controls time. Yeah. Is that magic? Yes. Well, is it? Yeah, it's still a magical stone. It doesn't really it doesn't exist or work. In any way that makes sense, it's not like, you know. Yeah, but that's almost all sci-fi, really. Yeah. You can you're but, I making mean, up fake science. We well, can have fake science, but I mean that's a magical stone. It's not. It's not like but it's. They don't say it's, it's not it's like a pretend engine, like like in Star Trek, where they have their, they have that special fuel for their engines, whatever. I don't know what it's called, dilithium crystals or whatever that's called. And yeah, um, which are made up, but you know they they. Give them light speed capacity, right? That's, but it's not like a magical element that they found that can also. No, it like, just feels like the Marvel movies. No, they the Hollow Deck that is magic. They go with like you know science, which you know you got your Tony Stark science, mm-hmm. which is uh, exaggerated real reality sure, science, sure. and then you got you know uh, the Hulk and Spider Man. You know they're getting their powers from science, but it's not how radiation really works yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. but you know you're still going sure you it's a go, gimme it's yeah a gimme, you wouldn't yeah. go spider-man got his powers from magic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and then they extrapolate that to thor and like okay he's not magic he's an alien he's <laughs> okay. an alien and this is alien technology that's so far advanced that we don't understand it uh but it's science it's science <laughs> it's science it's science and it feels like the infinity stones fall in that category of the thor it's just stuff we don't understand, but it's not magic. Okay. We don't have any magic. Okay. And then I mean, what? maybe that maybe that's how they'll 
get around it. Who knows? You just I mean, you don't know. Look, you got you the can, Scarlet Witch. She's a witch. Okay, <laughs> you her can, name is you witch. can you can suck up to to China in all kinds of ways, and they can still just tell you to eat it. Yeah. So it's uh, it, no matter what you do, you they they're pretty. And um, according to the comic, as I say, one of her sons is gay. So there you go. Who's Scarlet Witch? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wiccan. Uh, oh, the, the kid who's got the magic uh, mm. powers. Uh, he uh, has a lovely relationship with a nice scroll. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Named Hulkling. Hulkling? Hulkling. Yeah. Okay. Is it related to the Hulk? No, but he pretended to be. I see. Because he uh, he went, ah, people kind of like the Hulk, so I'll pretend to be like a Because you're okay. a scroll, you can make yourself look oh, like yeah, whatever yeah, you want to yeah. be. Yeah. That's true. So you're just like, hey, that's, I'm uh, green. I'm the Hulkling. Uh, that's not a magical power, everyone. This is a science. Yeah, just science. <laughs> it's an alien. An alien. Look, a chameleon or a, an octopus that yeah. can change color and shape. Sure, he's a chameleon. He's not magic. He's just uh, he's just yeah. different than us. And that's the same thing with aliens. A chameleon. A chameleon. Yeah. Oh, a chameleon. This is a good name. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's a good name for the character chameleon boy from Legion of Superheroes. He should be called the chameleon. Okay. Yeah. So we'll write that in a letter. Yeah. No, that's good. <laughs> He's looking at his I am. That's all, I've always liked Legion of Superheroes. I always thought that was an interesting uh, uh, DC idea in that it was so far away from everything else that you could mm -hmm. never have crossovers yeah. with like the main characters mm -hmm. in the DC world because they're so far in the future. So you can do whatever you want. Have some fun. Yeah. Play around. Yeah. Lots to do. You can also kill off characters almost willy-nilly with the Legion, and they do. <laughs> and they bring them back again because no one remembers. Sometimes they don't. Oh. Sometimes they don't. Pharaoh Lad uh, did not come back. Pharaoh Lad? Yeah, actually, his brother was Pharaoh Lad, too. So he did come back as Pharaoh Lad, too. <laughs> yeah, he was a guy who could turn into iron, basically. Oh, oh I thought he was like a, it, an Egyptian reference. Oh, that's even better. I like that. Pharaoh Lad. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's almost Moonlight Night. But yeah, okay. Yeah, Pharaoh which, Lad. But uh, there's lots of crossover in terms of character powers between the, the two. Uh, yeah. The two uh, companies. I like that they, the Legion really kept Lad and Lass alive. Mm. Yeah. That's fun, as too. Your, as your name. Yeah, that's fun as well. Yeah. Pharaoh Lad. Yeah. I'm all for it. Good. I, I like, that's sort of my my thing in comics, is that that element of it, that corny superhero element. I like that. Well, when you have your uh, comic written by a 13-year-old boy, as they occasionally did, uh, yeah, you're going to get some corn. Yeah. Were they the... The... Jim Shooter. He started writing oh, for okay. DC uh, when he was 13. Wow. And he wrote Legion of Superhero stories. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, 13 year old boy was writing uh, your comic book. I guess he would get some corn from that. But he, I think even like the adult who wrote for it sought the corn. I would like look for like the most, like Superman Family and those kind of comics were very much about kind of hokey American values and things. But I, I kind of enjoy that uh, element of those, mm -hmm. those stories. It's better than people tearing each other's heads off and things like that. Although I am looking forward to the boys, which is coming pretty fast. So it's coming up. Here. Isn't there an animated uh, short for? for is for there? That? I think there. I think is. you're right. I have not seen it. All right, I've not seen it. And uh, you you were a fan of Supernatural. One of the guys from Supernatural is going to be. Yes, he's going to play a Captain America Soldier Boy. I think Soldier Boy. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Probably not a nice person. Mm. We're going to judge by the characters in the last. Is anyone two nice seasons? in the boys? Mm. It's a Garth Ennis based, uh, yeah. Thing, so I'm not. Normally... I think it's tamed down, tamed down the comic. There's people who are worse. I think that the Starlight 
the the girl yeah. character Starlight, I think she would I would consider her to be the one character who is like the most pure. Okay. I wouldn't say she's totally pure, but I would say she is the most pure at heart, you know. And it's kind of trapped in a bad situation, but is doing her best, you know. And isn't a murderer or a rapist or all those other horrible things. In the boys' universe, uh, were there superheroes in World War II? The, the, the things happen. I guess back we'll find out because Soldier Boy is the Captain America okay. analog. So I guess he, I, I guess he'll be like the. I, I'm just guessing. I don't know. Right. But I'm going to assume that he is being unfrozen into this world. Okay. That he's from the past and now he's. All right. I don't know this for sure, but it would be like a good idea to have a character who's out of time and trying to fit into this new world and and. I don't know where they're going to go. So, was uh, in the boys' world, uh, was uh, Homelander the first superhero that uh, people knew about? Yeah. Okay. I th- I don't know though. And then others just showed up, got powers randomly. No, they're people. made. They're created. They're created. Okay. Have you not watched the boys? Eh, a, a, a okay. Here and there. Well, in the in, in I, the, I don't remember the origin. In the boys, yeah, the company they have a name. I can't remember now. The the company that kind of Marvel. Marvel, the company that the corporation that runs the the le- the Legion of Superheroes or the Justice League, Justice League, yeah, the Justice League, okay, equivalent, Super Friends, Super Friends, they're the ones who created those by 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 putting this genetic material, like this sort of uh, genetic mutator, into the into the baby's food supplies, oh, all right, and created. Uh, created muta- mutations, some of, some of which were successful and some many weren't, yeah. And so we got to see those characters in an episode where they go to like a, an institution that stores them. Right. And then we also got to see the horrible results of, you know, people growing up just being lab lab experiments. And then they're expected to operate in the real world. Talk about helicopter parents. These kids are really messed up. Yeah. So is it, it's, I don't know. I find it quite, I think it's fun. And it, it goes in places where you're like, oh, they're not going to, they're going to do that. So yeah. Cool. That's fun as well. And there's a lot of. A lot of like hoses of blood being sprayed around. Sure, sure, sure. And things. I'm glad we got that, but I'm also glad that we have things like uh, uh, No Way Home or whatever. Uh, I'm glad we got uh, like the, the most recent Spider-Man uh, film. Yeah, uh, they all have home in the title, so like Homecoming, <laughs> Homecoming, Far No from Way home. home, and what was it? Far, far from, from Home, Far yeah. From Home, yeah. and No Way Home. Uh, I like that you that you can in the Marvel world have someone who uh, gets powers. And then tries their best, mm-hmm. and then good for them for trying their best, <laughs> and not you fool yeah, for yeah. even thinking that yeah, you, know, yeah. you could even try this because you know sure. it doesn't take the completely cynical uh, perspective of any power will corrupt, and then mm-hmm. you'll be awful and mm-hmm. you'll be a terrible person. Yeah, and uh, yeah. the government's behind it all, and all, everything's <laughs> got a dark thing. And it's like, no, there you just had a nice thing with like you know three examples of we're all trying our best, and they're all pretty nice. And they're, you know, they got problems. Things yeah, happen. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, they try to protect their friends and they try to do their best. And, yeah, it's good. So, listen, if you get a little power, you can try your best. And, you know, you're not a fool to yeah. think that, uh, you know. It was a fun, nostalgic movie version of uh, the uh, multiverse Spider-Man, which also was a collection of spider people yeah. coming in, coming from different places. It made you places. go, oh, I liked those movies, too. I guess they were nice. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yeah, all right. Well, okay. It was almost like they were like, that was a fun, that really worked well. Let's do it again. But let's use actors from other older movies. Yeah. Let's hope we can get uh, Tobey Maguire to agree to this. Because he has not been doing much. Nope. I don't well, know what he does. Will he be willing to do some setups? Oh, he looks like he was willing to do some setups. Good for him. <laughs> I was reading an interview with Will Poulter. Who is that? Will Poulter. He's a British actor. He was in right. We're the Miller or Meet the Millers. 
He was uh, the blonde-haired game designer in the Jabberwocky episode. Is that what it's called of of Dark Dark Mirror? Okay. Oh yes, I know who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, he's got kind of weird eyebrows. Yeah, he's also he's now in um, uh, some uh, BritBox thing. That's oh, it's an very good. Thing. It's very good. Directed by Hugh Laurie. Written and directed by. Yeah, Hugh Laurie. I don't have BritBox. So. Um, why didn't they ask Evans? I yeah. Think that, or why didn't they ask about Evans? Or why didn't they? No, ask why Evans? didn't they ask it? Why Evans. didn't they ask Evans? Yeah, it's good. It's an odd title. It is an odd title. I guess I guess it's based on an Agatha Christie thing. Oh, it is. Yeah. But it was made into a movie before this. Okay. Yeah. But it's very good. He's very good in it. And uh, the, um, what's her name? Gosh darn it. Last name Boynton. Lucy Boynton. I love her name. So, well, partly because it's a reference to Barcelona, uh-huh. where the okay. main character of Barcelona had a very uh, bad relationship with one of the Boynton sisters. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's very good. But I was reading an interview with him, and he was uh, talking about, he's going to be playing Adam Warlock yeah. in Guardians Galaxy 3. And he was talking about the Marvel body transformation thing. And, and I guess the interviewer said, are you going to be like posting pictures of yourself? And he says, no, it's ridiculous. Because you're just flaunting what pe- other people can't do. Because no one can do this. And he says, and I wouldn't recommend anyone to try to do this. Because you need a company with millions of dollars behind you to do this. You need to have trainers and dietitians and, and counselors and people who are getting you through this. Because I can't go out to dinner with friends. My whole life is like controlled, like how much I can eat, what I can eat, when I can eat, you know, when I have to work out, when I have to, what kind of workout I have to do, yeah. at what stage, am I doing cutting, am I doing bulking up, at what, you know, am I eating to bulk up, am I eating to lose weight, am I just in a, in a, in a holding, t- you know, and he says, that's just, he says, it's crazy, he says, it's crazy, they said, they said, I'll, I would work with Hugh Laurie again anytime, so. Yeah, I know, like, uh, Kamel uh, Nanjian, like, it made sense for him to do that because uh, there was no one else that looked like him who was, like, being a superhero. So, yes, it makes sense to take the shirt off photo and, like, eh, and here we go. And hopefully, you know, uh, who knows how long this will last and how long you can maintain. <laughs> yeah. If you see him now, he's very, uh, very thick. Like, he's, he's still muscly, mm. but he's, yeah, he's got a lot of bulk on him now. Mm. Yeah. Hope it's healthy. Hope it's okay. Yeah, I hope he doesn't carrot top it out because I think there's something about that kind of look that makes you not as funny. It kind of changes how your jokes land when you look like a big giant guy. You know, you're not. It's hard to play the underdog comedian when you're. I'm trying to think like who was talking about this. It might have been him, uh, where he he was saying how like he got to a point where he felt like he looked really really good, and then he but then he was told basically like. This is normal for for Hollywood. Like this is Hollywood lead normal. Mm-hmm. Your single dad. This is this is what you look like. A single dad in a movie takes off his shirt. He's yeah. gonna be all bulked and, yeah, and yeah. abbed. Yeah, and that's it. This is not superhero. Now we're gonna have to take it to whatever the next place is, <laughs> where you're actually action star. Yeah, but you're yeah. right now very very fit for regular life. Sure, but this is just. Hollywood normal. Yeah. This is Paul Rudd, you know, working in yeah. a factory. You know, that's what you are. Because it's interesting, like, Keanu Reeves does not do that. He doesn't do that. And even in his movies, he doesn't really take off his shirt or anything like that. Like, John Wick isn't about his, like, no. massive body or his super strength or whatever. It's just his... Or Matrix, his, I don't think he took off his yeah, shirt. It's not yeah, about, it's not about that for, for those movies, I guess. Or for him. But uh, DC and Marvel... Yeah, you gotta have that. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go have that one shot, I guess. And but and, I mean, it makes sense for for Adam Warlock character because he's supposed to be a perfect man. So you gotta, ha- you know, he's supposed to be. But once you've already had Chris Evans, 
Mm. What are you going to do? Like, and that's a guy yeah. who's like top of you know humanity. Sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, but like now there's you're still adding, CGI to, to help him out. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I don't understand. Like the, for the most part, it's like I get you want to do you know a, a good um, fit base. You but have then, to be in shape in order to do the stuff you have to do. It's not just sure, sure. It's not just for looks. It's also for the fact that you as an actor yeah. have to perform at a certain level. But at this point now, fitness. we paint your body blue and uh, we can CGI on all your bits sure, that sure. we want. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to. That's fine. Never but when have you have a sandwich again. But I don't know. I was watching. I think I mentioned a little while ago. I was watching some show where it was an actress who was running, and she was supposed to be playing like a like a character of some like athletic ability and she could not run at all mm. and it was really painful to watch her run and i was thinking yeah you just you have to be trained to do the physical parts of your job even if you're pretending that you're a superhero you still have to have like the motion and the action and the and the quickness of that uh, and, and you wonder like with with someone like him so okay so he's adam warlock and i assume mm. that probably adam Warlock will not die in this movie i have no idea who who that is okay. as a character but I'll, that's fine i'll let you know in a second. no no that's fine we don't need to know i just i'm gonna go in blind okay as usual that's my All usual right. movie mood fair fair enough uh so um but let's say he doesn't die in this movie okay uh you're going to be in future Marvel movies. Mm. So do you, what level of maintenance do you, do you go? Because that was something that Kamel was talking about was like, if he lets this go, he, he knows what it takes to get it back. Mm. And it's so much harder than maintaining. Mm -hmm. So you've got to just like keep maintaining. And for as long as Marvel movies go for, (laughs) how long is that? Like, you know, you know, you're uh, Robert Downey Jr. You're getting in shape for the first Iron Man and you got to stay tight until Endgame, yeah, you know, yeah. wow, holy moly, that's a long time. Sure, sure. To keep holding in that in that pattern. Yes. Yeah. You're Paul Rudd. When, when do you have some cake? <laughs> you can have cake. Okay. Even Arnold has cake at the end of Pumping Iron. He saves saves it for the very end of the movie because he's he's getting ready for the competition. It has to be cut. He has to have no fat on him. Yeah. But. You can have a little flab with your with your muscle when after the competition's over. Are there any scenes in in that movie with uh, Lou Ferrigno and Arnold Schwarzenegger talking at all? Or? Oh yeah, okay, quite a bit. He plays Lou Ferrigno in that movie. Yeah. Oh, he cons him, cons him good. How, how what's he do? He just demoralizes him very subtly, very carefully, hmm. and wins wins the competition because Lou Ferrigno was better than him and he knew it. But he he played mind games on Lou Ferrigno and he. Uh, and he beat him. It's really interesting to watch. It's all there, and it's all there for you to watch. Hmm. Have they ever had a reunion with the? With the I imagine they were still. I'm, yeah, I think they were still friends after. I mean, it's this competition. That's yeah. part of competition. Is also the mind, the mind games of it and stuff like that. Yeah, he visits Lou Ferrigno's house, meets his mom and dad. He's really nice. Like Schwarzenegger is really nice in the film. Like he's a nice guy. He's very competitive. He's there to win, but he's also yeah. a nice person. He's not like. Does he bring over like a big bag of marshmallows or something? <laughs> he does not bring over a big, big bag of marshmallows. No, it's more about he's just playing on Frigno's like own kind of insecurities and stuff like that, and kind of creating like he, you know, like Schwarzenegger is a very confident person, very, very with it. You know, even in that movie, he has already has like an assistant. You know, he's already like stepping up into in in in, in you know who he is and where, like his next level of of fame, but. And this was his final competition as well, which he knew, and so he really wanted to win it. And it's it's interesting to watch. You know, there's other there's other guys who are in it, 
It's not just an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's just that Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. was the most interesting person in the movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno both went on to have, you know, careers mm-hmm. that people know Outside about, of it, yeah. yeah. There's other guys in the film who are competing. And some of them are unpleasant. Some of them are very nice. You know, there is people who are competitive in an unpleasant way. And there's people like Schwarzenegger who are, uh, you know, you know they are playing games. They are a gamesman. You know, there's a, lot of, or there's a amount of gamesmanship to it. Was there drug testing going on? Uh, not at that, that time. time. No, it's all steroids. So everyone's juiced. Oh yeah, everyone's yeah, juiced up like the, to the gills. Oh for sure. I believe that Schwarzenegger has admitted that they were using steroids at that time. Yeah, there's pretty. It's pretty hard to reach that kind of uh, muscle mass without it. I think you know they still. I'm sure they're still doing it nowadays. I, I don't know. I can't speak to it, but it looks looks like it. Looks like it. It feels, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it looks awful. Like that kind of musculature. Like I think it looks terrible, but. I, yeah, I don't know what they're going for. Like my uh, my sister used to be like a bodybuilder. Okay. And so you're like, yeah, <laughs> you, you got all you got all the stuff. You did yeah, it. Yeah. 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 There's your abs. Sure. Fine. I mean, yeah. And I, I remember like as a kid, you know, uh, you know, my, my parents just going, ugh. Whenever you saw like uh, these bodybuilders and especially female bodybuilders, yeah, oh, yeah. why would they do that? So, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just what it is. They're sure they're creating Makes them feel something. Good. They're makes yeah, them feel good about themselves. Yeah. It's fine. It's they, I just don't, they're their own art form. Yeah. And they're making their thing. Yeah, it's great. But you know, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, no, it's, saying, fine. You know, it's its own aesthetic, and you don't have to. We don't have to like it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not criticizing them for doing that i'm just saying to me as someone who goes to the gym that is not a look that i would want like that's not something i would seek but there's no gold for you to like the, the goal there is to compete against somebody and then but to there's people win. who go to the gym and get jacked without competing they just do it because that's that's an aesthetic they enjoy yeah. yeah yeah i guess that's true i mean that's the thing when you're saying like no one could do the marvel thing without a million dollars and this that and the other yeah and like i i just think of like not the, not in the time that they have to do it for the movies oh, okay because that's I, what Will I, I mean, talking about. he's not talking about people who, who devote like five years i've been to venice beach and i've seen yeah, yeah. like you know but those, you know, but those people there's have infinite spent, guys there yeah, yeah. that are you know like a, a big bag of balloons sure but they've they many of them use steroids which i think as an actor you wouldn't want to do you mm-hmm. don't want to like take personal risks in order to have a movie role yeah i mean sure people will yeah, but there's like there's a lot of health health risks with uh, steroid use, right? So. And then you also have to do it in a, in a short space of time. You don't you going from movie to movie. So even though like when you, if you watch him in this film, uh, the mis- that mystery film on BritBox, uh, why didn't they ask Evans? He is you can see he's muscled now. Whether he was muscled before, I don't know. He's he was like in the Hunger Games and stuff like that, or not Hunger yeah Hunger Games movies. So I obviously had to like be in, sh- in shape for those films as well, okay. where there's a lot of ladder climbing and running around in mazes and getting right. scorched. And then, um, and then, uh, but still, you know, you still have to, like you say, you have to step it up to that next level of like Marvel superheroes look. But yeah, somebody was like, that would be funny. Three to four years to do that. I mean, that's a different story. It'd be funny in one of the Marvel or DC movies. They're just like looking for you know whoever is you know Batman or whatever, and then they just go. Well, have you seen Bruce Wayne with a shirt off? That's Batman. <laughs> what do you mean? Look at him. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's Batman. Yeah, of course he's fucking Batman. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what's good about Pattinson's performance where he's, you know, he's all hunched over and he puts his shoulders forward so he, he reduces his, his size a bit and he plays them all kind of scrunched together. It's good. It's a good way to do it because uh, otherwise you're right. You would, people would go like, man, that guy's <laughs> built. That's Batman. Yeah, like I, I mean, there was this kind of smart thing with uh, Christian Bale, like he really fell apart fast. 
You know, he's got a cane. He's got no knee. Just like, do you think that's Batman? No. Yeah. I barely think that's the well, penguin. That poor guy. That movie, he wasn't Batman. Movie. Yeah. Christian Bale's character. Ah, oh, bless him. Just like uh, whatever training he went through to get to be Batman should have done a little bit more. <laughs> you know, just a little bit of like, and here's how you protect your knees. <laughs> when did he get his knee damaged? Well, by the third in the third movie, he's going. To I know sleep. he's got a cane, but does it happen in the second film that he's got his knee hurt? No, no, it's not. It's hurt. It's just worn down from use. Oh. Like he exercises, having to walk so around much. in that big in that big suit. Yeah, he does so much that like he has no cartilage left. Mm. You know, it's just like gone. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, well, then you're doing it wrong. You you really not know how to use all your bits. This is bad Batmaning. Bad job. <laughs> Like, do you see any of the ninjas that train Batman going, oh, my oh my knees, I got really blew out my knees there. No, the ninjas know how to do their shit. <laughs> Was it ninjas who trained him? Yeah, I think League of Assassins, there were ninjas. Okay. I would say I would say maybe they're not technically ninjas, but no. they're ninjas. How come Rezal Ghul has a name that sounds Egyptian? Uh, means death's head. Uh, maybe he's... Uh, Maybe he's like older than uh, than that. Maybe he's been around for okay, you know, a long, long time since the Egypt days, possibly, because you know, just takes a dip in the old uh, Lazarus pit. Not in the uh, not in that Batman thing, because the Lazarus pit is what uh, Christian Bale gets healed in, you know, and then climbs up and out of the hole in the ground. Batman's biggest uh, Batman's biggest obstacle: underground cave. <laughs> How will he deal with being in an underground cave? It's not his oh. broken back, though. Yeah, it's his broken back, but he, he, <laughs> he heals himself, and then he's got to figure a way out of the cave. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the cave's his thing, man. That's his whole deal. He likes being in a hole in the ground. It's been a long time since the, the last good Batman movie. Maybe that's why so many people like this new one so much. Well, yeah. I mean, Dark Knight. How when was Dark Knight? That's the last good one. Two thousand six, maybe. Okay. Yeah. That's a while. Yeah. People are like, I'm, we're ready for a new good one. It's weird that it is like a James Bond thing almost now where it's just, yeah, you know, you're going to have another Batman movie. Yeah. You just have them. Yeah. They just happen. Sure. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Like, here's another one. <laughs> oh, a- really? Why? You know, because there's going to be one. I guess you're right. And there it goes. And did anyone talk about it? No. It happened. Guess, did it make its money? Probably. Yeah. No. It's, it's the valuable... Uh, valuable um, what do they call it? Franchise. Yeah, I think there was a, an erection joke in this one. Uh, you know, and uh, there you go. One of the turtles sees uh, uh, an attractive uh, lady mm. and uh, his shell gets tighter. Is he? Is he also a turtle? I don't think so, no. Oh, weird. Yeah. Hmm. He's just got a turtle boner <laughs> that makes his shell tight. And everyone goes, ugh. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I'm also saying, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> turtle went a cordon. Yeah. He certainly did. I'm assuming it's whoever the party turtle was. I'm saying that's not a wrap weren't they up. all Weren't they all party turtles? Well, one is was a, there a par- serious turtle. One is a party dude, you know, according to the opening theme song, I think. Okay. I'm not too familiar with the, the turtles. I think Raphael is the uh, kind of Wolverine killer. Mm. One is an inventor. I think that might be Leonardo. I'm not sure. I think Michelangelo is the party dude. Okay. And Donatello just keeps to himself. He's a loner, angry well, if loner. If he's Michelangelo, the ladies shouldn't be doing it for him. There you are. There, you, the there you go. Historical truth. You let them know. <laughs> you call up Eastman and Larry. <laughs> I'll call him up right now. Oh, 
They God. sold that. They sold uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, they, they got, they're no longer owners of that franchise. I know, that's a weird thing, hey? At I guess it was point? a lot of money to work. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Early, early on, though, I think before the movies. Mm. That's unfortunate. It is. I mean, they got money. They got good money. But not. But money you can blow through. Mm. Not stupid money, which was what you get if you hang if they'd hang on. But you know, maybe if they'd hang, hung on to it, they wouldn't have had movies made of it and stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe it take maybe it took selling it to someone who wanted to make movies out of it to make. It, I don't know. But you think you'd be like, oh, I'll sell you a percentage of it, but not all of it. I'll, I do I'll like keep 10%. I do like that they uh, that with like the cartoon series. They would have, say, Usagi Yojimbo on. Mm. So, you know, hopefully Stan Sakai I guess they still had a, I guess they still had a hand in it at that point, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I know uh, there is a new Usagi series coming on. That's mm. a CGI one. Okay. Yeah. CGI. Yeah. That's the world we live in, man. Mm. If you want your 2D Usagi, go look at your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's plenty of it. Enjoy. People, people do anime still, and it's 2D. Yeah, that's fair. You're not wrong, <laughs> and it would that would be a much more suitable style for Yusagi Yojimbo. Also, probably right. Yeah. Okay, you win. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Let's cancel that show now. Speaking, Phone them up. Speaking of winning, winning. You sent me some songs. Whining. Some delightful songs. Now, uh, once upon a time, you had a podcast. I did. And this podcast was the Sinky Dragon uh, listening um, fiasco. Was that what they called? Pretty it? much. Uh, party, yeah, and uh, you would play songs on a theme, and uh, everyone enjoyed it and had a good yeah. time. And you went, wait a second, what if instead of songs, we thoroughly entertained five listeners? What if instead of songs, mm-hmm. I did horse mysteries? You said, <laughs> and then uh, they went like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And it was just like, enjoy horse mysteries. Mm-hmm. And now you do a podcast with uh, with Lisa, yep, uh, called Horse Mysteries. That's true, and that's how you've kept things fresh for these uh, twenty eight years of your marriage. Every so often, you'll throw a horse mysteries in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, but but people still still go, Dave, music, themes. Mm. Does that interest you at all? And you say, look, shut up. <laughs> and then you say, uh, sometimes I'll do that on our uh, my other podcast, Sneaky Dragon Podcast. It's true. An example which sometimes. is? Today we're going to do the top five radio songs. And yeah, I guess it's because if I hear a song and it has like a theme, I will think to myself, are there other songs that share okay. a theme? And then I will think of those songs. And so, yeah, I heard one of these songs at the gym. And so then I thought of the other songs to make up the five. Where you were there psyching out the other guys and juicing up. Yes. I was, yes, I was shooting steroids into my arm right in front of them. And they're like, that's not how you take them. And I said, shut up. I know what I'm doing. I like juicing. <laughs> I like juicing. <laughs> you won't believe we're going to shoot this next. And uh, yeah, that's what, that's what happened. That's the magic. That's where the magic happens. I hear a song at the gym and go, oh, that'll, that'll be fun. So anyway, so yeah, it's, it's going to be radio songs. All right. And uh, this is top five radio songs. I, You know what? There's lots of radio songs, everybody. Okay. These are the five that occurred to me while I was on the treadmill at the gym. Wait, no, you said they were the top. These are the top I know. Ones. It's just a fun name. Okay. But as usual, you know, if you think about it for too long, then you think of other songs and you're like, should those be the top? No, I'm going to stick with the original ones I thought of. Right. This is how I'm going to go. When you used to wake up your daughters with this, you went, these are the top from the pop. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Toppermost from your poppermost. And uh, we need to sleep uh, till tomorrow, <laughs> Father. And they go, here are the top five songs about sleep. <laughs> then it. Yeah. Uh, Talking in Your Sleep by The Romantics. Oh, okay. Uh, Didn't use that one, but that's a good one. All right. Oh, did you do a sleep? I did do one, yeah. Oh, in the listening, in the listening okay. party days, there is a five, top five sleep songs. 
If anyone wants to hear them, they can go to Sleep the Dragon. Uh, lion uh, sleeps tonight. It's another good one, but I didn't use that. Okay. There's lots of there's always lots of songs. Yeah, you could probably do sleep songs like volume three, but <laughs> top five. Uh, dream. Uh, so it was a dream that I don't have to dream alone. What's that song? Dream. I think be my dream something. Oh, you made me think of like dream, dream, dream. No, no, dream. that no, that's a different song. Dream, uh, dream. My dream. That would be th- that would be a dream song, not a sleep song. But you you dream when you sleep. I know, but you're not. Th- there's no words about sleeping in the song. All right, carry on with your radio. <laughs> you have to sleep in the song in order for a sleep song. Uh, so the first song. Let me just. Uh, I have some notes this time because I. Please. I had uh, t- I had today off except for my little church morning, so I decided I was going to be doing this. So anyway, top five radio songs, everyone. So the first one, it's uh, one of my favorite artists. So whenever I get an excuse to play one of his songs, it will be on one of my top five lists. And that artist is Elvis Costello. Now, if you were to say to me, uh, "These are radio songs," is Elvis Costello? Yeah, I would think I know which one you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, I'd be wrong. You'd be wrong because you're right. You would be thinking that I would go with Radio Radio, right? Which got him kicked off Saturday Night Live. Twice as much radio as this next song. But this is a song that I prefer to Radio Radio. You know, partly I have kind of a bitter feeling about Radio Radio because in order, because when when uh, the album Armed Forces came out here in Canada, U.S. Canada, they took three songs off of it. I think at least three songs. Yeah, three songs off of it. And replaced them with two songs. One is What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, which is an okay Okay. song. It's a fine song. And Radio Radio, which... Which was a single here in North America, but we lost. We lost. I don't want to go to Chelsea. Okay, that's a, that's. A big I one. think maybe that was from. I maybe mixed up. That might be off of this year's model. Maybe we just maybe they just took off Sunday Best and Night Rally. But anyway, they took some songs songs off. One of which is Night Rally, which is like one of his best songs, and it's so great and so fantastic and so and so and always topical and timely about the slow uh, turning and slow turn to fascism in a culture and it, you know. Always, always a topical song. Sure. And they took it off that album because they wanted to put Radio Radio on it. And so I, a little bit, uh, Radio Radio. All but, right. So but, the hell with that song. What did you choose? So I chose Radio Sweetheart, what? which was a B-side in 1977 to the song Less Than Zero from his first album, My Name Is True. I heard it. I heard it as an Elvis Levin youth on Taking Liberties, which was like a, a collection of songs that... W- that weren't on albums and kind of put together onto one album. And it's a great album. It's, it's a, there's a different version of it in England called 10 Bloody Marys and How's Your Fathers, which doesn't make any sense if you're, if you're um, not English, I guess. <laughs> what, I like, what I love about um, Elvis Costello albums is that every album is named from a lyric in the song. Oh, is that right? So it's not named after a song, but it's always from a lyric taken from a song. Okay. So Taking Liberties is from a, a song on Taking Liberties and... And Armed Forces is named from a song on anyway. So okay. anyhow, so um, this is Radio Sweetheart. Let's give it a listen. We'll talk about it a little bit when we come back. So let's hear Radio Sweetheart. My head is spinning and my legs are weak. Who's step dancing? Can't hear myself. Hope in the eyes of the ugly girls that settle for the lies of the last chances when slow motion drunks they walk loud dancers. You come here looking for the right to glory, 
And we're back. Okay. What do you think of that song? Well, I was going through a bit of a dizzy spell when I listened to the <laughs> start off with the "My head is spinning." I was like, <laughs> I relate to this. Were your legs uh, weak? I, I thought, yeah, a little bit. Um, but no, I love uh, Elvis Costello, so uh, quite enjoyed this, and I, I hadn't heard it before. Oh, okay, so, well, yeah. that's good. So it's, it's nice a really good uh, beat to it, like good uh, bounce. Yeah, I'm going to say that about another song later on, but it had a good bounce to it. But almost kind of sinister at the same time, like sure. goose step dancing, a little kind of things, little turns of phrase that give the song a kind of a weird menace. Which is one thing I like about Elvis Costello of this time period was the sort of menace to all the songs. But um, yeah, so this song is kind of it's kind of weird, and it was recorded, I guess, at the same time they were doing "My Aim Is True" because it features some of the same musicians that are on "My Aim Is True" as well. So there's uh, John, this guy named John McPhee on pedal steel guitar, and then Mickey Shine on drums, and they both were from a band called Clover. This is a very famous kind of story about the band Clover playing with Elvis Costello on his first album, Aim is True, because some of the musicians who were in Clover, not these two guys, but some, some of the musicians in Clover went on to form Huey Lewis in the News with Huey oh, Lewis, okay. who was the vocalist harmonica player with the Clover. And while they were recording with Elvis, he went on a little tour of Europe and then came back. And they were came to England because they were, they felt like they were kin, they were kinsmen to their, had a kinship, I guess, to the pub rock scene in England. And so they went there and then, and then they, uh, I guess, around the scene, and so they kind of hooked up with Elvis Costello in, in some way, or he was friends with them, because he was a big part of the pub rock scene as well. So he had to get remade to suit the new punk rock, new wave era. But before that time, he was like kind of long-haired dude playing acoustic guitar on stage in pubs around London named Declan McManus. And then suddenly he became this totally different person. He became Elvis Costello and a different song stylings and stuff like that. And I think that's one reason why this song wasn't on... My Aim is True, is that it sounds like a kind of a country song. Oh, okay. And it kind of suits the pub rock scene in England or London, not not the kind of nascent punk new wave scene that uh, was on the ascent at this time. So if you're going to do like 
if you're going to do uh, kind of a new wave punk outsider music, kind of like Graham Parker, you need to have that kind of new, you know, a tougher look and a newer sound, you know. And uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, John McPhee, Mickey Shine, and then Nick Lowe, who is the producer, also played bass and provided back backup vocals. So, yeah, it's a great song, though. I really like it. Agreed. Oh, number two. When you said the last one sounded like a country song. <laughs> Here we go. This one also, yeah, this one also uh, does because it was recorded in Nashville. All right. At weirdly at Ray Stevens Studios there, which was oh. Ray Stevens. Um, it was called uh, what was the name of it? I was going to say Ray Stevens. Uh, uh, it was called Sound Lab. The, Sound Lab the streak, Studios. Everything yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So he took that, took his Ahab the Arab money and poured it into sure. a into a studio. Uh, so yeah, this is Loudon Wainwright the uh, third from his album Attempted Mustache, nineteen seventy three. This is a song called AM World. Let's give it a listen. And we're back. Yeah, uh, yeah good good limo riding song. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, so do you think the uh, the heart of gold thing was a was a little nip at uh, yes. Neil Young? Of course it was. Okay, it's Loudon Wainwright. Very good. He's going to bite. I him. don't know. He's going to bite whoever he I wants. I don't know who you're talking. I don't. He, I don't know who the fella is. I you don't know Loud and Rewrite? I do. Not, a dead no. skunk in the middle of the road would be the song he's best known for. But okay. when he said he wished he hadn't written, because he knew when he wrote it that it would become the song he would be known for. <laughs> uh, he was married to uh, the singer Kate McGarrigal, a famous Canadian. Okay. Singing part of the McGarrigal sisters, uh, with whom they together had Rufus. Wainwright and Martha Wainwright, two, right. yeah, yeah. two fantastic singers on their own. And they also had a long-time relationship with Suzy Roach from the Roach Sisters. And then they had a daughter, Lucy Wainwright Roach, who's also a fantastic singer, songwriter. Uh, he had one more daughter with a woman named uh, Rita Marie Kelly, but she is not a singer, proving that singing is not a Y chromosome. Anyhow. So um, you may, you probably know Loudon Wainwright because he, he was on the TV show MASH. As well. He was on there. He was in a three-episode arc as a singing surgeon All right. who visited the base. For, and then he was in. Uh, he provided the soundtrack, and he was also in uh, Knocked Up, the Judd Apatow film. Okay. He had a little role in The Forty-Year-Old Virgin. He appeared in The Aviator. He was nice. in uh, True Detective. He's he's done lots of little sure. acting roles and stuff like that, as well as being Good a singer. Resume. Yeah. And then uh, I remember seeing him on Saturday Night Live when I was younger because he was on the fifth show of the first season. Hmm. Now, I must have seen it as a rerun, because I don't think I was old enough to stay up that late for the first season of, of Saturday Night Live. But I did see some of them, so I don't know. It's hard to say. That's when the show had a lot of stuff in it. Like, very rambly. Yeah, no, yeah. No connection. Had Albert Brooks doing his thing. Yeah, it had everyone, Muppets. Lots of business, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember being there. And I, the, the reason I remember it is because I thought the song was funny, because in the song, he um, it's called Unrequited Love Song. And in the song, he says he's going to kill himself, and then the squirrel will feel sorry that she didn't love him. And, and then he'll have the last laugh. And the end of the song is him going, ha, 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 chuckle, 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 snicker, snicker, just like little things like that. And I just thought that was really funny yeah. as a kid that someone would put those in a song. Nice. So anyway, so yeah. So um, have we heard the song yet? I think we should listen to the song. Then we'll All come right, back and talk about good. it. This is AM World, unless I already said that. Anyway, this is AM World. We'll be back. Yeah. 
All right. Very good. So you said it was sound of the country? Very country, yeah. Yeah. I think, like I say, because he recorded in Nashville, and it's one of those things where he recorded with this guy named Bob Johnston, who was Bob Dylan's longtime producer, came on came on deck um, on Highway 60, no, on, um, yeah, Highway 61 Revisited. Yes. Yes. Highway 61 Revisited. Right? That, that's the one with, that's the one with like a Rolling Stone on it, right? Cause he did, cause he did like a Rolling Stone with, with, um, his original producer, whose name was, um, man, I can't remember his, his original person's name. Last name Wilson. Come on, everyone, remind Flip. me. Not <laughs> Flip Wilson. Here come the producer. Um, no, uh, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, he also produced Frank Zappa and he was the one who put the, he's the one who added like musician, extra musicians to, to the Simon and Garfunkel song Sounds of Silence. Okay. And turned Simon and Garfunkel into a folk rock sensation. And anyway, and then he produced Bob Dylan for a long time and also convinced Bob Dylan to add extra musicians and do, do like a rock thing. And, uh, and he produced Like a Rolling Stone and it was a huge hit. But for whatever reason, um, Bob Dylan kind of got mad at him or tired of him or whatever. And he changed producers to Bob Johnston. And, and so Johnston convinced him to go to Nashville that, so that uh, Dylan went to Nashville for Blonde on Blonde. And he used a lot of the same musicians that are on this one, like uh, Kenny Buttry on drums and Hargis Pig Robbins, who apparently Bob Dylan felt really nervous about calling Pig because he was blind. Oh, okay. But his nickname was Pig for whatever reason. But he was a, yeah, he was a, a blind. He also played uh, Trump. No, no. Shoot, I, I think I'm mixing up people now. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, I've heard so many stories about all these guys. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> Including Matt Gaiden, who played the that slide guitar that's just killing it at the end of the song. Sounds like you're saying like uh, he felt weird about calling him Pig because he was blind. Like, can I give you a blind nickname? Can I call you a bat? <laughs> can I call you Blind Pig? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Are you good with that, Blind Pig? <laughs> no, just Pig. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd be good with How that. About How about Blind Pig? How about Blindy? No. How about No Seat? No. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, but you know, Bob Dylan was like. He's like a young guy. He's just like in his early twenties in Nashville with all these like people who were like the best of the best. And when you, if you in Nashville are the best of the best, you are really good. Yeah. Like there's very few slackers who are session people in, in, in Nashville. So if you're getting the cream of the crop working on your record, you are getting the best people. And so you're bringing your dinky songs in <laughs> to these guys who are just going to play the shit out of them. And you're like, uh, I got to call this guy pig. Like, yeah, you know he's blind, he's, right? He's blind and he's really he must good. Be really good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a really good musician. And how good a musician is this guy? I'll tell you how good he is. He's blind. I'm like, oh, geez, okay, he must be really good. Yep, you're right. You're right. Okay, let's go to our third song, everyone. So you know, one thing we have to have in Canada is a little Canadian content. Yep. So you know, I was we haven't had it for a while, so I'm required by law to include include Sloan, who's one of my favorite bands, of course. Yeah. If anyone who listened to Listening Party, they probably heard of almost all the Sloan songs in the world, but here's one more for you. This is uh, Listen to the Radio from their 2006 album, Never Hear the End of It. Let's give this song a listen, everyone. This is Listen to the Radio. Listen to
As, I, as I've mentioned on previous shows, when I worked in the 90s at CBC in Halifax uh, for a show called Street Sense, Sloan was our go-to band, uh, you know, uh, for, you know, uh, music ideas, like not music ideas, but like how much does it cost to sure. like start a band and how much is a guitar and mm-hmm. what should you do? And uh, they were uh, really nice. So I always had good feelings about Sloan. And then it turns out they're great. So <laughs> yeah, that's also yeah. good. This was a very smooth, fun yeah. song. Well, they would have, yeah, they're very approachable. Chris Murphy, the kind of the kind of leader of the group, is is a very funny, very very yeah. charismatic guy who's a lot of fun. That was a good interview. We saw a concert with them uh, at the, the Peony a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was there back too. Back before uh, you couldn't do that anymore. When they were touring their second uh, studio uh, double album. This is from their first studio double album. Ah, okay. Uh, never hear the end of it because um, this came out in 2006, and their the last album that had like their last studio album was 2003. Mm-hmm. So there was a three year gap between albums, and then on the album they did in 2003, which was called Action Packed, um, it was kind of their attempt to break into the American market. Like they went, okay, we're going to do like a concentrated attempt. So they hired uh, a w- expensive, well known American producer who was. Haven't hits the time. A guy named Tom Rothrock. They gave him like all their demos, and he cho- chose what he wanted to do out of those demos. Okay. And so it, it kind of really narrowed what they were doing on that album as well. It was pretty much all rock songs, very little of their kind of more poppier sounds and stuff like that. It was kind of more straight ahead album. And then uh, the drummer in the group, which is kind of underselling uh, Andrew Scott because he's also like a multi instrumentalist who can play all his own instruments, you know, and he does his own songs by himself, but. He's the band's drummer, and uh, but he had just had a kid, okay, and so he wasn't really writing very much. He had a lot of very short snippets and stuff that, but he had no like full songs. So he said, "I'm out. I'm not going to put any songs <laughs> in this album." So he had a bunch of songs for the album, and th- and so after three years, everybody had a bunch of songs because all that came out between Action Packed and Never Hear the End of It was A Sides Win, which yeah. had, was the best of that had one new song on it, oh. which which was um which is the rest of my life. That's a great song. It's a great song, yeah. And it also, and that song is kind of like a statement of, and maybe just a kind of an admission to, we tried to America, it didn't work, we're always going to be Canadian. Yeah. I'm always going to live in Canada. And there's even a song in the song that says, that's exactly. It gets a big cheer. (laughs) Even in the States, it gets a big cheer. And we saw them in Seattle, and they did the song there as well. But, um, yeah, so they had all they had like thirty songs, or probably more than thirty songs. But they had thirty songs that ended up on this album. It's a very long double album with a lot of little fragment songs and and just it's a it's a it's a tapestry. It's a potpourri. It's a it's a big thing <laughs> that they did. Uh, what's kind of fun about this song though is that there's they did a series of little short videos that they released uh, in the month coming up to the album of them doing the album because, like you say, yeah, they were brought on to they were brought on to um, 
to Street Sense to talk about how to do things affordably. And that's like their whole like thing, yeah. you know, like they were hardcore fans. They were big fans of Fugazi and stuff like that. So they're really into this idea of like, do it yourself. So, you know, they did sign to Geffen Records. And then when Geffen Records completely screwed them over, they said, well, let's just do it ourselves. Let's start our own record label. They started their own record label called Murder Records. Okay. They signed other artists to that label, people that their friends, you know, and then murdered them. And murdered them. And, music. and so then they put their own albums out on Murder Records. And pretty much now Murder Records is just like kind of their own thing. They don't really have any other people they release on it. But for the most part, but they, you know, they like, they kind of moved away from like the expensive studio model to recording. They, they just bought like at a rental space, like a warehouse space in Toronto where they live. And that became their headquarters. That's where they rehearsed. Okay. That's where, but and that's also where they started recording as well. They just set it up, put a recorder in there. Let's just make our own songs. And so this album is kind of the first fruits of that. They did it a little bit on their Pretty Together album, but this was like the first fruits of like let's just record entirely in our studio. And so there's all this like fun video that they put out of themselves that they filmed of themselves recording. And this is a great thing of like Chris Murphy talking to Patrick Pendley after he comes in singing this song, and he's like. And uh, Chris Murphy refers to it as his solo, uh, his or his duet with R two D two, and Patrick Patrick was looking kind of confused, but it's because of that story where it kind of goes do 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 like that kind of sound. So he was, nice. but it's fun. Anyway, they're on YouTube. If you want to watch them, you can search. Uh, yep. Slow never hear the end of it. You'll find all these little half and half a minute things of them rehearsing or singing or goofing around or you're never wasting time with Sloan. Patrick Pentland admitting he has no idea what's going on because he doesn't live in Toronto. So he just comes in and plays and then leaves again. And so he doesn't know what, he doesn't know what songs are on the record. He doesn't know what he's playing on. Doesn't know what's going on at all. But anyway, it's fun. All right. So let's, uh, let's go on to our next song. Uh, this is, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm kind of circling around a, a similar era for most of the, for three of the songs on this, okay. uh, this collection this time. For whatever reason, I guess they occurred to me because they were around the same when time. When you were listening to the radio. <laughs> so the next song is uh, it's uh, The Selector, is the name of the group. Okay. And the song is On the Radio. This is from uh, 1979. And let's give a listen to On the Radio. <laughs> Thank you. 
and we're back. I had never heard of this band before, but I uh, I thought this had a really good bounce to it. <laughs> like good but, bouncy, de- de- yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Toe tapper is what I that said. would describe the ska, I guess, part of it. Would, yeah, yeah, has that element. Yeah, because they're from Coventry, all right, and they're part of for whatever reason Coventry developed its own kind of ska scene with um, it was called two tone music because it was a combination of sort of punk rock and ska. So you'd kind of okay. sped up ska and gave it a bit more of a, a bit more bite and uh yeah so so they like i think most people would know the band the specials which were also sure. a coventry yeah. band the selector were on two-tone records which was founded by the specials keyboardist jerry dammers he founded two-tone and so he signed the selector even though the selector actually were an older band than the specials uh john bradbury who played guitar in the specials was the first was actually had started playing guitar in the selector before oh, okay. he before he jumped ship but um yeah, they their first two singles that the specials put out were two like one side was the selector and the other side was the specials. Uh, the first two the first two two tone sings, uh, singles, so they were very close together, oh, as, right. close knit as bands. And yeah, I just really love the uh, I really love that sound. And what um, what's funny? Well, what's interesting is I wouldn't have heard it except I I got an enemy. Uh, newspaper or paper when I was younger, magazine, whatever you want to call it. It was a, like a newspaper, but it had a flexi disc with it. And the flex, flexi disc had this song on it. Mm. And I just couldn't believe how great it was. So I had to look for for that album. So I think I found it used in Vancouver. Was the flexi disc just this band or was it a variety it was like, of it was like, songs? I think it was like a couple songs. It wasn't like a lot. It was a pretty okay. short. Fact, I probably still have it. I could look and see. But, uh, oh, I can't because it's in a box. But anyway. If I had access to my records, I could maybe see it. But um, yeah, yeah, I just thought it was so great. Uh, I just love Paul, the singer Pauline Black, who sings with them. She, uh, she's just great. And uh, Neil Davies is the guy who wrote the song. He wrote. Okay. He's sort of their main songwriter. But like the like the specials, both bands really like foundered on their sec- after their second album. Oh. It's weird. Like they did like both did like two like absolutely great first albums. The second, I think the specials second album is is good it's just different than the first one the jerry dammer is a lead songwriter just had different interests and just kind of went in a different direction all right but the selector one is a it, it kind of lacks on tunes so it's sort of more of a job to listen to and then they just kind of fell apart and broke up but oh. uh, yeah it's too bad yeah, anyway that's what bands do that's 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 exactly it when that's t- a main that's a band's main job is breaking up well i remember watching um I didn't watch it because I don't don't like them. But Lisa was watching that doc- documentary about the Eagles. Okay. And I happened to walk in when they were talking to Timothy B. Schmidt, who had joined them late in the in the band's existence. Right. And I think the segment called Schmidt happens. Yeah, and they were just uh, all about Schmidt. It was called, and they just they. When the Schmidt hits the fans. <laughs> and he says, I guess so the question was, did you realize they were breaking up when you joined them? Because they were. Right. And he said, all bands are breaking up. Yeah. They're always breaking always up. Always breaking up. They're yeah. always in the midst of breaking up. So when you join a band, you don't think, oh, they're going to break up. You just think, oh, they're in the midst of breaking up because that's all bands. Yeah, that was uh, Rick Mercer uh, was talking about that in a book I was reading recently where it was like the second, yeah, your comedy group, you know, uh, starts is like tick, 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 tick. Yeah, it's uh, the clock is counting down because uh, all, all groups uh, break up. Yeah. Yeah. They're very creative and then. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Schmidt's Schmidt's right, you know, and and I know I'm like one of the original fans. I'm one of the Schmidt heads, and so you know I would agree with the things he does. Anywho, let's go to our last song, everyone. 
You got Eagle Schmidt all let's, over everything. Let's get the taste of Schmidt out of our mouths. So this is our final band. Okay. From 1979. And this is called the Schmitz, this band? <laughs> or did I write that down wrong? You wrote it down wrong. Oh, sorry. What is it? This is the Slits. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah, this is the Slits. Um, the tastefully named group. Yeah. From 1979. This is from their one. Oh, no. They put out two albums, actually. But this is from their be- their best album, Cut. Uh, this song is called FM. Let's listen. Lights 
and we're back. And it was dark and weird, and I liked it. It is dark and weird. Yeah. It's kind I of like it. Though. What I like about this song is it's kind of like it's the final song in the album. It's kind of like the the anthemic long final song. It's only three minutes because it's a it's they're a punk band, you know, so they can't they can't go too long because ugh, or, you know that's ridiculous. What who are we ELP? That's Emerson Lake Palmer. Yeah, Emerson Lake Palmer. Are we? <laughs> Sorry, I got a little too inside baseball there. I realized who are we? Steely uh, Dan? No, anyway. So because uh, they also did a song called FM. I was going to yeah. use I was going to use huh? a song FM. Here's a funny thing. I was I was going to use a song FM by Steely Dan. And then I realized I didn't have it on my computer. And so I couldn't because it's in a box somewhere in someone else's warehouse. So I couldn't access that yeah. song. So I went and I went, you know what's better? I'm going to use a slit song FM. That's a, that's a that's better right. song anyway. And of course, the, the, the other version is, uh, is short for FML, which is fuck my life. Ah. No, not at all. Not at all. Fake facts. Uh, the slits started in 1976. That's so, when that name would make sense. Mm-hmm. They started, um, they're all girl band, all girl punk band. Sure. A lot of noise, real kind of. If you listen, if you you, they, you can see them like in the punk rock movie, they're very noisy and very shambolic, and it's, it's it's fine. It's fine for what it is. I feel like I'd be friends with them. I heard that band, and I went like, "Nah, I'm proud. I'd be friends with it." I think they sound pretty. Yeah, they sound yeah. like nice people. So they op- they were opening act for the Clash twice, um, but they lost a lot of their original members for various reasons, uh, and they were. So they had Ari Up was left in the group. She was the lead vocalist. Her real name, Arianne Forster. Um, interesting, her mother, Nora, would marry John Lydon, Johnny Rotten. Oh, okay. And then um, then they also they got this woman named Viv Albertine, which is one of the greatest names in rock music, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Tessa Pollitt, uh, who, and then another group, a girl in the group called Paul Molive, um, not a real name. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, she left to, for, to join the Raincoats. And so then they stopped being an all-girl punk group because then they they brought in a a uh, male drummer a guy named Budgie, real name Peter Clark. Paul Paul Molive joined the the Raincoats, and uh, and of course they had their hit single "You're Soaking in It." <laughs> See what's funny about that? Let me explain. Is both uh, <laughs> Raincoats would be something you're soaking because yeah. you're soaking rain, mm-hmm. uh, but also Paul Molive. There used to be a series of ads in the seventies and the early eighties. Uh, with a woman named Madge, and she would uh, be a manicurist, and uh, she would insult people, and then they would put their hands in some uh, liquid, and she'd go, uh, you're soaking in it, and referring to palm olive. And that's why that joke is great. It is pretty good. And that's why it's going to win the Explain the Awards this year. <laughs> yeah. I uh, remember remember buying this record for $16 in and. Uh... 1984, maybe? Whoa! I know, it was Whoa, a lot of money. That was a lot of money. But uh, I really wanted to own it, so I did buy it. But yeah, it's a good album. It's, uh, that sounds like someone's still living at home money. I was, it's interesting, I was reading a little bit. I didn't know much about Ari Up. I was kind of curious about her, because I was, and I wanted to know her mom's name, because I knew that her mom had married John, Johnny Rotten, John Lydon. Right. But I didn't know her name either, so I looked, it turns out her name's Nora. And uh, it was interesting to read about, because this Ari Up, is a nut, a nutty lady. Like, uh, I guess she married some guy. Okay. And then they went and lived in, like, the jungle of Belize and some other place. And then they moved to Kingston, Jamaica, okay. where her husband was killed. And then her children were, like, she just neglected her children. And so they became, uh, so then um, John Lydon and, his, and Nora, her mom, they, they uh, became wards of, the, of her kids. 
And then later on, she got cancer, but she decided not to go through traditional treatment. Uh, she decided to that it could be cured through, I can't remember what John Lydon called it, like through it by a witch doctor or something like that, he said. I think he was being uh, rhetorical, right. but... But yeah, he said we spent. He said we spent millions of dollars trying to cure her after that, but it was too late. Like if she treated herself in the beginning, right. she could have been cured, but she didn't. Jesus. And so then they ended up adopting so her other cancer, kid. Did you think witch doctor at any point? That's what I went to. I, I went and asked the witch doctor. Well, he told you what to do. He told me. Yeah, he said right away. <laughs> Forget it. Not going there. He said chemo. <laughs> he said chemo, 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 chemo. Go get chemo, chemo right now. He said chemo. Are you an idiot? Go get chemo right now. Take the medicine, you fool. It's what that's there for. <laughs> so anyway, that witch doctor. He's pretty helpful. I, I heard oh, he's better. They might than, think we're saying it W I T C H. Yeah. We meant like witch doctor. Witch doctor. And then you have yeah. to choose the doctor. Because if you go to witch doctor, it seems like it's more with matters of love that you should approach a witch that's doctor. Right. Yeah. Then he'll say ting tong idle I po. Oh, wait, that's the goon doctor. Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know what I'm talking we about. Don't know. I don't know it's anything it's about this. I'm going to mix it Ram, ram, rest and fretzel. Anyway, that's top five radio songs. Radio. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed its post punkness. Yeah, that was very punky. If it was any more punky, we'd call it Brewster. Because, you know, let me explain that. You see, <laughs> There's a lady named Madge. Uh, Solier Moonfry used to have a TV show called uh, Punky Brewster, and then later an animated series, and then later another uh, live action series. Okay, um, so look, you don't like me and I don't like you, but oh. I, we do like getting your letters. And so I'm going to read them. Uh, last week, we asked a couple of questions as we uh, tend to do. One was, what was your best work environment and your worst and uh, are you a gym rat? This might actually be a good time for me to slap this uh, plug in. Uh, I'm doing um, a, uh, a new show at the Havana uh, next Thursday. What's the date? I don't know. I don't know what the date is on next Thursday. But uh, whatever next Thursday is after this uh, podcast that we're doing right now uh, at 730 uh, with my friend Eric Fell. We're doing a, a show called Could Be Worse mm. and is our attempt to do kind of a British uh, chat uh, comedy show uh, and uh, we are going to take some scenarios and make them worse that is our uh, thing so on the, on the 21st of April you'll be at Havana there you go 21st Doing of it. April Havana uh, and that's a place where I lunch once with uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross true story did I talk to them <laughs> much no there's lots of other people there okay Aww. so, so uh, those were the questions we were asking and those are the plugs later on I'm going to be plugging Sparks uh, but we'll uh, talk about that later. Uh, first letter we have is from the co-host of the Horse Mysteries podcast, Lisa Williamson. Also, I think she's celebrating her 28th anniversary very shortly. So uh, congratulations to uh, Ms. Williamson on both the podcast and the anniversary. Um, number one, my best work environment is where I currently work. Hence uh, me being here since 1995, except for one year. Uh, the faculties are bright and well-maintained. The people in the building, students and colleagues alike, are generally kind, hardworking people. The neighborhood is safe and attractive. The pay is decent. The employees are generally well-treated and respected. The hours are livable. Uh, the work is fulfilling. Wow, this sounds amazing. <laughs> there are some downsides. Uh-oh. Cur mostly current currently having uh, to do with the commute. Uh, my best envir work environment is also where I currently work, but about 10 years ago. 
I was the only person in my department who did not have to apply to be department head, but admin gave the position to me. I accepted reluctantly. <laughs> and the rest of the people were at war with each other. The world in general. Did you say web? It must have been worst. Uh, my best work environment was also where I currently work about oh, 10 okay. years ago. Oh. So I guess that was supposed to be worse. Yeah, but, that's much but I read it as what was written. <laughs> that just didn't make sense, but I think. But then someone that has known you for at least twenty-eight years went, "Wait, <laughs> that is out of character," <laughs> and a correction was made. Yes, well done. Also, your co-host on Horse Mysteries. Um, so anyway, uh, there was everyone was at a war in general. I was waiting for the good turn on this. Uh, not a recipe for a healthier or productive work environment. I left. But then came back. Things were better as uh, some people had moved on. And I wouldn't say I'm a gym rat, but I do go regularly. In the summer when I'm on break, I try to go uh, seven days a week. And during busier times of my life, I try to go four to five times a week. My philosophy is that if I can even get uh, 10 to 20 minutes of work, it all ends up at the end of the week. And that's also how you get a Marvel body. <laughs> that simple. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, always nice to hear from Edward. Uh, I can remember working at Lone Star Comics and hearing my late friend and co-worker Sean say, this is the greatest job we'll ever have. And he was right. We had it all. It was easy and we knew exactly what we were doing. The only difficult task each week was to make room for the new comics and our manager did that. Uh, we just uh, fell in behind him and worked the weekends for him. And we were good at it. My manager didn't try to start a cult. But he sure belonged to one, the Church of the Subgenius, a local cult <laughs> church organization uh, or something started by Doug Smith, a.k.a. Reverend Ivan Stang. They worshipped, in quotes, J.R. Bob Dobbs, the pipe-smoking, smiling, retro 50s dad-like icon. All I can say is, man, were they interesting. My manager worked for them on weekends and uh, was on the Subgenius radio show, The Hour of Slack. You'll have to Google this, Google this crazy shit because uh, I still don't understand uh, it, but it made for some fun people watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was uh, Paul... Rodriguez? Uh, what's that? Paul Rodriguez? Not Rodriguez. No, Mav... Mav oh, Mavridis. Sorry. Mavridis, Mavridis sorry. was also part of that. And uh, Yeah, there was... A, I mean, that was kind of a popular... Yeah. I, uh, I'm only mentioning that because I, I met him once upon a time. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, it's a, that's a funny parody of cults and stuff like that. And yeah. then you're like... Or is it a cult? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny sometimes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? This is a uh, this is a parody of a sexy thing. Oh, that's great. Is it also a sexy thing? Yeah, it might also be a sexy thing. And it's a parody of a cult. Is it a cult? It's it a cult like elements. Yeah, it could be. I like, like you to send us money. This should be a word for something when something is a, that's a parody of something actually becomes that thing. Mm. Reality. Yep. Hey, it's Spinal Tap. They're a par parody of a band. Wait, they're also a band now? Wow, oh, they're a good band. Um, <laughs> since you asked for the best environment, I choose Lone Star, even though it was a short-term college job of almost three years. But if you want professional work environment, it would be when I worked for a TikTok in downtown Dallas. I took the train, uh, had a huge office space with a gigantic window overlooking Dallas from the 19th floor, and it was magnificent. <laughs> TikTok provided me with anything I needed to perform my work. All I did was ask for it. My coworkers were kind and supportive. Sounds like you're working at the same place Lisa was. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, there was something wrong at TikTok. Uh oh. Uh -oh. An underbelly uh, to the business that Were I Were you working shake. for the devil? Did he try to, like, get you to sign something? He does or... take a pleasing form. Mm -hmm. uh, 
so and and you have to fill out some pleasing forms. So <laughs> after only two and a half years, half the company was let go due to mismanaged accounting for the upcoming year. There just wasn't enough to uh, enough backlog to support us all. It was a really great place to work, and I had uh, more freedom to art direct than any other job to date. But sadly, TikTok went down like a sinking ship. Hmm. And I've never been a gym rat. In fact, the only time I ever used the gym was when I was at uh, Dr. Pepper. Our new headquarters they built for us in 1998 had a really nice gym with everything you could want. So when my doctor at the time told me I needed to lose some weight, I used that gym after work. Uh, the gym was so popular that after a few years, they doubled it in size for us. It was the perfect setup with television and treadmills and headphone jacks so you could pick up uh, the television audio. There was a sit-up machine, the kind with no weights or pulleys. It was the kind that used your upper body weight at an angle to sit up while your ankles were secured around cushions at the highest point. I used that damn machine so much, my fellow worker, workouters called it the Ed machine. <laughs> Those few years I used the Dr. Pe Pepper gym uh, worked, I lost the weight never gained it back. I called it my dad weight, the kind uh, I gained after the first child was born. I was so involved in rearing my daughter that I neglected to care for myself, so I gained weight due to that inactivity. Lots of eating and sleeping, along with sporadic hours being the culprit. Uh, enjoy the blessings of a beautiful Easter win uh, weekend, and remember to sneak quickly during any egg hunts. <laughs> yeah, I went through that too. Yeah? Dad bod. Yeah, it happens. It's a real thing. Did you uh, try the Dr. Pepper workout? <laughs> go to? No, but I did go back to the gym, and that's how I lost that. You drink and then it Dr. Came back Pepper again. and lose weight when you <laughs> use all of our weights. And the ones that you link your legs around are also good. Man, that's a catchy song. Crystal writes, <laughs> hey, guys. Catchy is the plague. Mm -hmm. Hi, uh, Crystal. Hi. Hi. I missed the window to post for last week, so I'll answer both uh, weeks with this post. First off. Congratulations to Dave on the promotion at work. Yay! Thank you. Yay! Uh, I really enjoyed the top five playlist and bonus last week. Four of the tracks were completely new to me and fun to hear. The Jimi Hendrix song sounded amazing on my car stereo, <laughs> uh, which means a special thank you as an order for the fabulous audio quality. So thank you for that. Oh. Uh, the Bill Monroe track was my favorite of last week's playlist. I have to confess... That I might have done a lot of uh, drumming on the steering wheel to keep beat with that bluegrass song. So thank you. Right up your alley, I guess. Okay. Now for the question of the week from episode 539. The Nashville Public uh, Television Station has a program called Tennessee Crossroads, where they travel all over the state to feature fun attractions, restaurants, festivals, historical sites, collectors, and artisans who make neat things. There have been many... Ar artisans. 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 Oh, no. Artisans make Olympic, oh, Olympic beer. no. I'm so sorry. Or Olympia beer, sir. I'm so sorry. There have been many places we visited because they were featured on the program. I also keep a list of places I'd like to visit, and when we watch uh, other TV programs or movies, if my husband says, write that down, <laughs> I do. I have a close friend and mentor who was a teacher, but she wasn't one of my teachers. I used to help an aide in her classroom, and a friendship developed. She's amazing, and I am grateful she took the time to invest in me and introduced me to many cultural activities outside my little bubble. I won't say I've had uh, a miserably bad vacation experience, but it usually rains no matter where or when I go. I've been to uh, Monticello. Mm -hmm. Okay, twice. And it rained both times. Mammoth State Park. That's the home of uh, Thomas Jefferson, right? Monticello? Sure. Yes. That rings a bell. 
no, that's a different guy. Damn it. Uh, yeah, Mammoth State uh, Park in uh, Kentucky. Uh, Gatlingburg in Tennessee. Colonial Williamsburg in Vermont. It rains heavily uh, through the trip. <laughs> now questions for episode 540. Oh, those. Dave, write this down. All right. Write this down like uh, someone's husband told you to. <laughs> Uh, my best uh, work environment is my current environment at the library. That is really nice to hear. Uh, I work some with some amazing women who have become not only great co-workers, but also great friends. And maybe the success is that I don't view myself as their superior, even though I hired them, but as equals. Because they all bring something to the table, a skill set, a core characteristic, and unique life experiences that help make us all stronger. The worst experience? I once uh, had a boss who made everyone miserable because she was hurting from bad life experiences. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I'm not a gym rat, uh, but I am trying to be more active. Like Ian, my husband has been diagnosed with some medical stuff that uh, can be managed with diet and medicine. In addition, I'm trying to eat really clean right now. I'm trying to get him to be more active by my being more active. I don't expect him to do yoga with me or uh, do an aerobics workout with me. But I hope that if he sees me putting forth effort, it will encourage him. I'd even take a little uh, guilting if that gets him moving. <laughs> uh, have a wonderful week and a very hoppy Easter to all. <laughs> Whether you absor observe religious or secular traditions or no traditions at all. I hope everyone having, uh, is having a joy-filled spring. Gaboing! <laughs> I added the gaboing. So nice to hear from, from you. Thank you, um, Crystal. Uh, Louise, though, responded Louise? to Crystal. Out of nowhere. Louise uh, just, like, just comes right well, in. Just got something to say. Like a bolt out of the blue. Yep. Here's what she says. Yeah. I just finished reading The Giver of Stars and thought of you and your co-workers, Crystal. The pack horse librarians of Kentucky who inspired the novel certainly knew the power of books, especially a hardcover. Hmm. So there we are. Did they, did they defend themselves with them? I guess we'll find out. I guess I'll have to find out by reading the book. We'll have to. By the way, on a completely other subject, yeah. um, uh, my wife spotted some northern lights outside of our uh, uh, balcony uh, the other night. Oh, were they visiting? Of it. Yep, they were. It was uh, something we've wanted to see for a long time. We saw them. They were great. That's nice. You know I, what? I only had to go to the to northern Alberta to see them. I originally saw them going across the prairies. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a Greyhound bus. That's cool. With uh, my friend uh, Gina, <laughs> who sometimes listens to the show. If you still do, Gina. Uh, hi. There. Done. <laughs> um, but I do for sure Louise listens to the show because she wrote yet again. Oh. Two times. Can't stop her. Louise, two times. <laughs> uh, my best work environment was probably also the worst. Wow, that makes no sense. Louise, what you're saying makes no sense. I'm going to keep reading, but I don't I don't get. Oh, boy. That's like the start of an essay. Like I've got to keep <laughs> reading to find out the content. Here we go. When I was working on a youth magazine TV show, I got to write a lot of parodies of movies and, uh, and TV shows. The crew was great. They'd whip together sets, props, and costumes on a shoestring budget. Uh, the actors, directors, and editors would do a good job of matching the style of whatever we were spoofing. We had a great musician uh, creating sound-alike music tracks. It was like working on Saturday Night Live. But eventually, the workplace got toxic. Mm. Yeah, I know. I came to work there. So <laughs> would bring this up. <laughs> Right? That's well, weird. You know, she knows that I'm the co-host. <laughs> Not everything's about you. There were creative differences and personality clashes. Uh, clashes. <laughs> uh, then uh, there were so, so, so many clashes. I'll <laughs> uh, but eventually, 
blah, 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 blah. Then a dedicated producer left after being passed over for a promotion. Their replacement was fired partway through the next season for being such a jerk. <laughs> Everyone uh, thought they were the only one who was being belittled and disrespected. I think that's why I find The Morning Show on Apple TV very relatable. Uh, when people are afraid to speak up for fear of losing their jobs or ruining their careers, they will stay silent uh, when they're being harassed, or they'll look the other way when they see it happening to others. Uh, my present work environment is almost perfect. It's quiet, the coffee is cheap, and I have an easy 14-stair commute to my writing room. Uh, speaking of perfect... I love the new Sparks book. <laughs> if I could change anything by going back in time, I would probably warn my younger self to leave that TV job two seasons earlier. There we are. But you did win a Gemini Award for it, so congratulations on that. And thank you for bringing up uh, the Sparks book. Now, that Sparks book is uh, Sparks Future Perfect is what she's talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that, I wasn't sure what she was talking about. That book, like about a week ago, was like uh, number 384 on the Canadian book charts. Okay. It is uh, 191 right now. Okay. So that is uh, zoo. That is pretty good. It's going zoo. <laughs> we got to keep it going zoo and we'll see what up. we're doing. Uh, but uh, I wrote it. Uh, our friend, uh, Third Dragon, Nina Matsumoto, drew it. Dave colored it. Uh, it is the third of the Sparks series of books. The first one called Sparks. Second one called Sparks Double Dog Dare. And the third one is Sparks Future Perfect. The first two have been bestsellers in Canada. Will the third be? We'll see very shortly. And do, you know, buy it, buy the book. It's good. <laughs> uh, Chris Roberts writes Hey, dragons and sneakers everywhere. Back in my mid-20s, I got a job I was sure I'd love, working for a publicly funded agency promoting cultural events in small towns and villages that were generally off the circuit for live arts performances. The object was to bring drama, music, art exhibitions, etc. out of the cities and into some fairly uh, deprived communities, uh, and in the process, hopefully inspire audiences and broaden their horizons. This one was right up my alley. The only problem was the boss. I'll call her Bridget because, well, that was her name. Oh. It's possible she might have uh, believed in the work we were doing to bring a range of accessible art to people who might otherwise never have a chance to experience it. Uh, however, her level of purely personal ambition was way off the scale, and all her uh, decisions were based on what would benefit her and not the communities we were meant to be reaching. This led to a workplace culture that would nowadays be called toxic. If you could uh, help uh, Bridget achieve her personal goals and would do her bidding without question, you were one of the favored ones. But if you had different ideas and maybe some concerns along the way she ran things, your card was marked. When I saw my chance, I got out which was a shame because I really believed in what we were supposed to be trying to do. It was a real eye-opener as, uh, as to how organization culture starts at the top, and one bad apple, if it's in the wrong place, can really spoil the whole bunch. On a happier note, though, this was also my best workplace. It's where I met my significant uh, better of almost 30 years now, Diane. And hmm. I hope you're calling her Diane because that's her name. As for Jim's, I've been a regular in the past and might go again sometime. I can take it or leave it. Currently, my fitness routine involves daily yoga, some cycling, and romantic uh, lunchtime walks. I recommend them all. <laughs> uh, lastly, hi to Laurel. So glad you're enjoying seeing star James Watson in all its daffodilious glory. Yes, we had two blooms. Uh, just had two blooms this year, but that's uh, two more than most previous years. It was nice to hear that you're uh, trying not to be an evil grandmother. On the other hand, isn't that exactly what an evil grandmother would say? Ooh. Uh, Shots fired. Shots fired by Chris. 
I am uh, I am hearing right now. Let me let me let me get this straight. I'm hearing right now that quite a few of you out there are doing yoga. That's interesting. And I want to ask you something. It's not necessarily an official question, but uh, are you doing yoga right now? And what got you into it? What got you into yoga? Because it's something that interests me. So, you know, what got you into yoga if you're into yoga? And if you're not into yoga, you don't have to answer the damn question. <laughs> I always thought my problem was when I was uh, younger, there was a show, again, we've brought up on, uh, on this before, Kareen's Yoga. And when I saw her doing yoga, I went, that's impossible because my body can't do that. <laughs> this is just a, it's, it's, uh, it's a crazy freak show is what I thought. Um, but, uh, but I am trying to get into it more right now for health reasons. So, uh, do you do yoga? How'd you get into yoga? If you got into yoga and is it working for you? Those are my yoga questions. Do you have a, a, a different question, Dave? I thought I have a question. I said I have an email to read. Oh my God. So thank you for leaving out our, our listeners. They're very nice of you. <laughs> but Boy, I'm a, I'm a like nice a guy. I'm a nice guy. Because this is one of the ways you can contact us. Yes. Yes. Uh, so everyone, this is from John Halbrooks. He said, hello, gentlemen. Yay. Apologies for not writing last week. April really is the cruelest month for academics. And before I knew it, it was Friday and the week had gotten away from me. It happens. I have lots that I want to respond to from recent episodes Good. and from the backwards dragon project <laughs> trademark, but I'll have to save it up for when I have more energy. I'm going through rather a dark moment mentally at the moment. It's nothing to be concerned about. This happens to me from time to time, often in the spring, and I will be better soon. I'm grateful to your openness about mental health issues and that I can feel comfortable sharing this, knowing that you will understand. I understand a lot because I also go through occasional black, black times. I think it shows weakness on both your parts. <laughs> Thank you for understanding. You know what? Yes. Man up. Thank you. That's good advice. I should take that right away. I can often no, tell excuse that... Excuse me. I feel dizzy and sad. I'll be over <laughs> <laughs> um, I often can tell when I'm going through like a, a black time because I, I I start shopping more. Like I'll start buying things online and stuff like that. It seems like a it's my way of like trying to cope. Yeah. It's a really healthy way to cope, everyone. This is one of the reasons that the pool thing bothers me is like I know that's a way that I can automatically uh, snap out of things. Mm, mm. If not stop out. I know it's a, a, such a positive thing for my mood yeah. to swim an insanely long pool. Yeah. And it's like, that's gone. Oh, okay. What else is there? What else is there? But please continue. That one pool. There's other pools, all right? Or you're just... Yeah, but that pool, it's 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 so long mm. that, you know, it puts you in a different mindset. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And also because it's so big. You never have to run into anybody else or, you know, there's, yeah, yeah. there's, there's a lot of uh, good good elements. I, th I think they'll fix it before summer. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Best work environment? My current job. Our English department has taken advantage of the brutal academic job market to assemble a world-class faculty. Excellent. I feel very fortunate to work with my colleagues, many of whom I also count as close friends. The university as a whole leaves much to be desired, but my department is fabulous. Well, that sounds like... Home teaming, but that's fine. You can be a home team. <laughs> We're the best. Uh, worst work environment. My first job at the age of 17 at a short-lived fast food restaurant called El Pollo Asado. At least I was too tall to wear the chicken suit. <laughs> Am I a gym rat? No, but I do exercise at our university recreation center when it is too hot to do so outside. Also, and you know like this, also, I am a member at a wonderful local yoga studio Kindred yoga, if you're ever in town, which is essential to my physical and mental health. Speaking of which, I'm about to leave the house for yoga some more next week, and hopefully I'll be writing from a happier place. 
Be well, all you beautiful sneakers, John. Thank you, John, and be well. Be well, please. It is interesting how many people write to us who do yoga and, and to the point where they mention the yoga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I asked about the gym, so I mean, people are saying that yeah. in response to that. Which I've never done yoga. I have thought about going there, but I don't want to say namaste, so I just keep away from it. Okay. So you namaste away. I namaste away. Okay. Yeah. And also, I go to the gym a lot, so that's, that's enough time spent. Yeah. But, you know, I mean... And I do a lot of lifting and heaving and hoeing at work as well. Sure, sure, sure. And, like, I'm sure, though, over time, you know, you will change whatever your workout routine is, you know, as we change. That's true. Things, different things need uh, attending to. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He no longer does the same workouts he did. No, he doesn't. He was humiliating Lou Ferrigno. (laughs) Did not humiliate him, but... If you've ever seen that movie... You said he humiliated him. I said he played mind games with him. Oh, that's... All right, fine. He just He just kind of... He just kind of got him... Second guessing himself. No one likes you. What? No, it's something like that. You should see it. You should watch it. It's really good. Okay. And he's a nice guy. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a nice guy. In it. I mean, like I say, he's driven, but. Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron. Pumping Iron 1. It's the one I saw. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good documentary as well. And. Uh, is anyone we know in Pumping Iron 2? Anyone famous? I'm not sure. All right. Never seen it. Therefore, I, I cannot answer that question. All right. Uh, sorry, you. your question is about yoga? That's the question you want to ask? That's yeah, you, that's... I would like to ask like, how you got into yoga. And uh, what, what, okay. uh, what, how, uh, how it's we're working out. I'm there. demoting that to a uh, sub question. Our main question this week. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, because it's about yoga, I'm flexible. <laughs> Our main question this week is I'd like you to tell us about a library book that you signed out when you were a kid that you still remember to this day. This is for our readers out there. So the people, the active people, yoga, inactive people like me, books. What book did you uh, get a library? Didn't, you know, when you were a kid that just always to this day you still think about it for whatever okay. reason? All right. Let us know. All right. I'm curious. I'm going to go with uh, 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 Trial of the Great Brain. Okay. Yeah. I Still think about it? I was very excited uh, yeah. to be like, oh, there's some comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. I think that was what the book was called. Yeah. I remember that one. Mm. Yeah. I, I like the books. little library cards that were in there. Oh, like, that was so good. Yeah, stamp. And I loved all that. That was great. There's one I remember, which is weird, is uh, it was uh, McElligot's Pool. Which I don't remember it for liking mm. it. I don't remember for liking it as a book, but I remember saying I love signing it up from the library. Is this a Dr. Seuss? Yeah, Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Walking home with it in it was a rainy kind of fall day, which I these I love. I love those sort of days. Even as a kid I loved them. And then I got home and then I watched this really weird war movie on television, which I just kind of started watching. I didn't watch it for the beginning. Okay. And in this movie, the characters it's like in the in the Japanese, like in the Asia the- Pacific theater. Yeah. And the characters are like they had it feels like they won or whatever. They're like having this kind of like celebration around a campfire and they're all stuff like that. And then they get surprise attacked nope. by the enemy. And I just remember watching that and just thinking how unfair it felt that all these characters that were like celebrating this victory, they get attacked and a bunch of them died and stuff like that. And I'll never forget that. For some reason, it always, the whole, that whole sequence sticks in my mind of getting the book, of walking home, of yeah. seeing that bit of the movie. And for some reason, I always remember that. It's weird. And that's one of the, uh, that's one of the books they don't uh, publish anymore. McElligot's Pool is yeah, out. I think so. I think that was one of them. Yeah. Okay, because it goes all the way to China or something like that. Is that something? So deep? I'm not. There was something in it. That, he imagines uh, that it goes. Uh, the, the Seuss Estate went. You know what? I think we're good with this one. That wrap that one up. <laughs> and uh, we'll it's okay. I, I own it. Nice. You can do whatever they want. I own all those books. All right. Um, but they're but they're somewhere else. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got Schrodinger's Library. <laughs> and then another book I remember is this book called 2010. And it was a book of predictions of the future. And the one thing I remember thinking would be so great as a kid 
And it turns out I don't think it's that great, but it was seems so great to me as a kid. It was the idea that this book was like I was reading this in grade like in in uh, primary school, so I was still pretty young. Okay. I predicted that in 2010 we would have computers that we could go to school on mm-hmm. that they could communicate to to a place. And we could. And I thought that was pretty forward thinking, like looking back at it now. And I often think about it, especially nowadays, because I don't think it's actually that good for people to do school online like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, I was like. Great. Sign me up. Don't have to leave my house. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking of that. Anyway, do you have a book? Let us know. And how do you do that? You're asking? You're just saying, I don't know what to do. You're telling me to give me your call to actions, but how do I act? Well, this is what you do. In the year 2010, the internet was a Yeah. It's so already around. <laughs> it's been a while. But this book was out pre-internet too. So they didn't even, they didn't even know how we we're going to do this, but they had an idea. Probably the internet existed then. Probably. The World Wide Web existed then, but just as for scientists, not for uh, normal people. There was no Wordle back then. No Wordle. There was never a fr- there was no frame game. <laughs> Framed, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, all those games I enjoy playing at lunchtime at work with my brothers. Last night was annoying. With my work brothers, what's that? Last night's was annoying. The frame game. It was an art house movie. It was an art house movie that a uh, few people had seen. Like traditionally, it's like a movie. Like ah, okay, we've seen this movie, but it was, uh, it was a. You have to remind me. I'll, I will talk okay. about it after the show. You know what? This is coming out on. Uh, Oh, Saturday, so yeah, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was one hour photo. Yesterday's was. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. Unless it was today, and I ruined it for you. Yeah, you just ruined today's. Well, there you go. <laughs> I haven't finished. I haven't started. Sorry, yet. sorry about that. <laughs> well, no need to do uh, it. Well, apologies. Because yesterday's was Schindler's List. I feel. Uh, I feel bad now. That's okay. No, <laughs> that's fine. I'm a bad person. It's <laughs> okay. No sweat. Um, she's shaking his head. <laughs> It's okay. Don't worry. I feel, feel bad about this. It's all right. You have so little. <laughs> I still have the box office game. Oh, that's good. So anyway, everybody, uh, how do you contact us? Here's how you contact us. And actually, after I finish telling you this, I have a little, I have a big announcement to make. Oh. But here's the thing. Go to our website. It's called Sneaky Dragon. SneakyDragon.com. You can go there. You can find this show. You can find some, a comment section underneath. Please leave a reply. We appreciate it. We'd love to hear from you. If you are a private person, if you'd like to keep your thoughts to yourself and then share them through me yelling. <laughs> if you're an right. angry loner. <laughs> you're an angry loner. You can write to us via our email at sneaky d at sneakydragon.com. That's your email address. You know, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Those are places that you can also contact us if you feel like it. And what I wanted to talk about on this show today is that uh, we are very close. We're nine episodes away from our 450th episode. And you know what that means traditionally? Tick, we did it at our 50th tick, show. Tick, tick, we did it for our 150th show. We did it for a 250th show. We did it for a 350th show. We did it for a 450th show. Our 550th show is our question and answer show, everyone. It's time for you to run Sneaky Dragon. That's right. Send us a question. Send us a question that you want us to answer that, or just something you want us to talk about on the show. Ask it in the form of a question. Force us to talk about what you want us to talk about by writing us a question. And if you do, you'll get a sticker. I will send it to you. If you are a grand prize winner, you'll not just win a sticker, you'll win a t-shirt, a coffee mug, and an autographed coffee, copy of Sparks. How's that sound? That sounds good. Oh, wait, uh, whatever Sparks book you want. Yeah, whatever Sparks book you want. Just put it, maybe put a suggestion in. Yeah, uh, let us know. Do you want the first, second, or third one? When you send your question. So send your questions the way I told you, not to our our uh, website, please. But you can send them to um, us via email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. I will keep a uh, running tally of your questions. Every question is one chance to win. That means if you ask 20, 20 questions, you have a 20, 20 times chance to win. <laughs> you have 20 times better chance to win than the person who asked one question. That's what I'm trying to say. 
So we're looking forward to hearing from you, everyone. We have a lot. The sticker is going to be great, by the way. I've already started doing the design, so it's going to be fun. Nice. And uh, and the grand prize will be, of course, grand prize. You get to choose what shirt you want as well. So let us know, and uh, we will uh, be doing that in nine episodes. That will be episode five fifty. I don't think we'll yeah, ever nine. we'll never top nine. episode three fifty. That was. Uh, what was that? That was five hours of us talking. Which is what our normal shows are now. Five, five and a half hours of us talking. And then an additional two and a half hour episode of Mary and I doing the musical questions. Oh, sweet mercy. <laughs> it was nuts. And yet great, because it's so crazy. It makes me happy. Were we ever so young? Were our voices ever so <laughs> uh, able to do that? Holy cow. Well, we're keeping it up in three hours. So it's it was not a that different bad. world back then. Remember? Sure was. Oh, Pre-COVID. Yeah. It all, we had the wind behind our, wind, wind behind our backs. Mm-hmm. Always. It was creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. It was like, yeah, what the hell? Was, uh, What's going on? Like it was itching my back all the time. Okay, let's end the show here. <laughs> okay, fair I've enough. I've had enough.